4: Support WrestleTalk!
5: Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's
2: professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do
6: it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen
7: is, Raven.
4: Nevermore.
1: Hello, Swap Nation. Luke Owen here, letting you know that this is a bonus free release of our epic, nearly four hour review of WrestleMania 30. That was actually behind our Patreon paywall, but we are releasing into the free fee to celebrate. Get this. Three years of Wrestle Talk Extra over on Patreon. Ollie and I have reviewed so many shows at this point, ranging from the greats of. Uh, was a really good one we did Wrestlemania X7 that was a really good show all the way to the low low lows of December to December 2006 we also did Halloween Havoc 98 and with NXT announcing Halloween Havoc it's really good to go back and revisit one of those so yeah this is a free release for you for being awesome subscribers to this podcast and if you want to get involved with WrestleTalk Talk Extra if you want to hear more episodes like this head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and pledge at the five dollar amount or or more and if you pledge at the $25 a month or more you can make suggestions future episodes and the suggestions are currently open at the time of this podcast going out so be quick and go and get your suggestion in for what we can review for the October 2020 episode but now let's dive into our time machines and go back to April 2019 when the world wasn't such a terrible place and we could actually all go to the pub together and have a nice time and this is me and Ollie in studio together recorded in April 2019 reviewing Wrestlemania 30.
3: Someone once said, a good time occurs, precisely when we lose track of what time it is. And man, oh man, have we lost track of time. What started three decades ago as a single idea has grown into something extraordinary. A celebration like no other.
2: Welcome to the pageantry, the emotion, to the history that is WrestleMania.
3: For three decades, we cheer, cry, love, and Our hearts have raced as we've applauded the incomparable.
4: Finally, the rock has come
3: back! And stared with disbelief at the unbelievable. For 30 years, we've marveled at the moments that have marked the passage of our lives.
2: The irresistible force meeting the immovable object.
3: And with each new year, we get to live it all. tonight we add a new chapter to this unfinished book the story continues and the party rolls on
2: there's only one man that can conquer that street
6: what would the world be without its hero at wrestlemania i will fight for everything i will fight for my legacy I don't care if it's Daniel Bryan, Triple H. You're looking at the next champion. I
2: am the past,
6: the present, and the future. You guys underestimate the power of these people. At WrestleMania, I bury Daniel Bryan.
3: Tonight, we celebrate all that was then. Where we are. Now. and what Celebrate. will be forever.
5: Welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast. Apologies, it's a teeny bit late, but it's nowhere near as late as the last month. <laughs> I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined, as ever, by the new look, the repackaged. I only found about it when I walked in this morning, and boy, howdy, did I, did I yell! <laughs>
1: It's Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good.
5: I'm good. I'm still... I can't get
1: over the fact that you've got a shaved head well, now. Should we save that chat for the the, the regular podcast, the one that's going to go out today that we're recording this, as opposed to this one that will come out on Friday and this will be old news? I've got so much chat, <laughs> though.
5: I think I can fill up every podcast from here until the end of May.
1: Well, let, let's save that. Let's hold on to that chat. I just so, want to touch it. It's premium. You can touch it if you want. I have touched it already. Yeah. Come on. It's like a scotch egg. Mm.
5: I like short hair. Yeah. I just like to feel the, the stroke. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, this is. Um, I think by the time this goes out, it'll be a week late. That is practically early by our status. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. welcome, folks. Because. WrestleMania kicked us in the butt this year a little bit with our five days, 35 hours worth of live streaming, a full day and a bit, nearly two whole days of live streaming. We overcommitted. Mm.
5: And but I still and delivered. Yes. That's what we did. We overcommitted and delivered. And you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. No. no. We didn't over-deliver, but we didn't under deliver. By
1: God, we are consistent. And maybe the only thing I would have changed would have been to do the Hall of Fame instead of the G1, because apparently that's what people wanted to talk about. Or just have that night off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, we I'm didn't glad we have this to show do that. Mega Ran made it all worthwhile. Um anyway, yes, uh, this. this w- about Mega Ran. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to Google images of it. Do you know there are no images online from that whole show? Because it was part of my news on uh Friday.
4: Mm. Just
1: Googling, no one has images. Shocking, really. Not even Ring of Honor or New Japan have images for it. Yeah,
5: it's not that like, we criticize WWE's website for all their stupidly worded articles and titles. Mm.
1: But they do have good photo galleries oh, absolutely. When, within minutes of the matches happening. Exactly. When the show is over, I know I can go to ww.com and get upwards of 25 images per match. Even if the match only goes two minutes, I can get 25 images available for that, which means I've got variety, hmm. variety to pick from. It's a little peel back of the curtain there of what it's like to, to work at WrestleTalk when you're writing up scripts.
5: Yeah, and, and Cultaholic, and what culture... Any, any of these, we all rely on those same images. Yeah, the yeah. Talk
1: magazine. Mm. Um, I think I did a very good job there of stalling for time while I loaded up the Patreon poll to, well, hey. to find out what we're going to be talking about this month. Um, well, I don't know. What are we going to be talking about? Well, let's get on to that in a second. We teased last month that we were expecting it to be Double Mania because last year it was Double Mania, and it's Double Mania again. We did WrestleMania 20 last month and which have been 10 years into the future to do wrestlemania 30 this month but the poll only had four mania options in it it had uh wrestlemania 21 22 27 and 30 so the majority of the poll was taken up with other options we had wcw collision in career ecw that would have been interesting yeah right the uh the 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 highest attended Wrestling show ever. It's like 2 billion people there. Um, ECW Barely Legal 1997. Mm. Uh, Backlash 1999. Backlash 2000. A pay per view I've got so many fond memories of with that Rock Triple H main event with Austin in the Rocks corner.
5: I would say the year 2000 is the most represented in all of our
1: pay-per-view We've done a lot of them thus far, yeah. Uh, Backlash 2006, TNA Lockdown 2009, which TNA themselves, Impact rather, just released for free online the whole show. And that features Sting versus Mick Foley in the main event for the title. Can you imagine the second biggest company in the US had Sting versus Foley for the title in 2009?
5: Yeah, when Foley's on like his eighth retirement. Yeah,
1: but do you know Mm. who else is on that card? Tetsuya Naito. No kidding. Yeah. What doing his tour? It's because they were doing. It was still during that TNA New Japan deal, and they had like motive seat machine guns with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions and um team 3D were the mm. tag team champions. And they had all those that picture of all the great belts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so they had like team 3D <laughs> versus Beer Money in like a title unification match for both sets of championships and City Machine Guns defending theirs against Naito and uh, I can't remember who else now and LAX. Because Hernandez is a as uh, a junior heavyweight uh, obviously. Yeah, I look at that guy and I think high flyer. Yeah. Although he does do <laughs> He the, does a the lot dives. of high flying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not about weight limits about no limits mm. do we know so only four wrestlemania suggestions and despite everyone pissing and moaning about it in the comments it won in a landslide wrestlemania 30 with 41 percent of the vote so how many people voted uh we had uh 338 votes that's an engaged fan base it is, <laughs> thank yeah. you very much pledge Hammers. thank you so so much and I, I know a lot of people don't like the fact that wwf pay-per-views keep winning or the wrestlemanias keep winning but They win. Like, we put it up for suggestions so that people can vote. And clearly this is what people want. Yeah. We listen to the
5: audience. You guys are the authority figures. Yeah. Unless it's picking
1: song choices. In which case, we kind of tweak it a little bit. Yeah, we tweak that a little bit. Uh, But yeah, WrestleMania 30 won the poll. 41% voted for it. The closest to uh, uh, coming in a win, uh, you know, that nearly won was WrestleMania 21 with 12% of the vote.
5: I'm disappointed the North Korea show didn't win with like a 92%, just for just for the irony. Yeah. Because that's how their elections, if they had elections, would probably go. Absolutely. Because you never want to do 100% wins. No. I've always thought that's strange about dict- dictatorships. Yeah. When they do the phony sham elections, they never win 100%. Well, you when don't they want to make it look easy... forced, do you? Yeah, but they do, they, they, they look at it and go, well, 93%, 85
1: to 93%. That's that's realistic. It's like if you copy your mate's homework at Mm. school, you don't want to copy it exactly, do you? Because then they'll just. Do you know I actually once there was a kid in my school, bully of mine actually, who uh, used to copy my maths homework because he was one of those kids, and he copied my maths homework, and then my teacher brought me to one side saying, "Uh, "I've noticed you're copying James's homework a lot at the moment." Oh come on! And I got and I got in trouble for it because Mister Adams was a prick. Open your eyes, teachers. Yeah, he was an absolute knob. He uh, he told me flat out to my face, "You will be lucky if you get a D at GCSE," and I got a B. So uh, take that, Mr. Adams. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, collision in career got six percent of the vote. The lowest was backlash 1999 with one percent um, of the vote. So yeah, I mean, WrestleMania 30 landslide victory suggested by Michael Montgomery. Nice one, Montgomery. Absolutely. Uh, it went down on April 6th, 2014. Where were you at the time? I was still working at
5: uh, Channel 4, I believe, as a, in 4Music, so pop music video producing. Mm-hmm. Not, not the actual music videos themselves, but the sort of top 40 shows. Those voiceovers that go between the videos with uh, slight cynical jokes. About the pop stars we're introducing, I wrote those. <laughs> so that would be me. Uh, and in terms of much, I cannot remember when I watched this.
1: I did you not watch it live?
5: I don't think I would have. I would have gone round my mate Dan's house and we would have watched it in his flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the, that's what we used to do. I didn't used to watch stuff. like I still, you know... I'm not good at staying up late. So we we'll would just stay spoiler free in the day, get really excited about it and go as soon as work's
1: over, go over to his, yep. drink loads of beer, watch it, eat pizza, fall asleep. Lovely stay stuff. Around. Good, good way to what do it. What about this. you? I did watch this live. Um, I'd actually just started a relationship with the woman who would become my wife mm. um, shortly before this time. We'd been uh, going steady, as you might say. But this was more or less like we were officially dating by this point. And, Just finger banging. Well, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Bang, what, was bang, bang. what was it What was your uh, WhatsApp group was called? Finger, finger King. Kings. Finger Kings, yes. Um, $10 pledge handles. We'll be able to hear all <laughs> about that on the, the previous episode of Ramble Club. Um, but yeah, but so she watched this with me. It was her first wrestling experience, was watching WrestleMania 30. Don't say experience. <laughs> Not it's a in trigger this word. Month. It's a trigger word for people these days. Um, so yeah, so I, I watched this live, went around to my friend John's house, and we watched it live on the WWE Network because it had just launched. Mm. This was the first WrestleMania to be shown on the network.
5: And how was the experience live watching it? I oh, got. Was it laggy at all? No, or? absolutely
1: not. No, I've actually got some uh, some details on that mm. which we'll go over uh, momentarily. Because it's so
5: this this pay per view is so historic for many reasons. You know that it's it's a a decade celebration. Uh, one of the decade anniversaries. They always seem to be bigger shows anyway. And well, it's not. You know, it's not. It's yeah. not an anniversary, but WWE quote Pretty, yeah, anniversary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the from a business move. The start of what has really paid off as quite a very forward thinking, you know, we, we say Vince McMahon stuck in the past so much. The idea of launching an online network was
1: very risky back then. Mm.
5: And now everyone is doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's worked out for them, you know, mm. for, for better or worse, it has worked out for them. I think they had a bit of teething issue to the start working out what people really want from this network. Like, are you like Jackass, right? We'll give you a Jackass-style show 15 years after the original one stopped airing. You like Jerry Springer, right? (laughs) He hasn't been on the air for 20 years, but you want to see him do shows, right? Yeah. Um, Forward thinking and (laughs) backward thinking at the same time that sums up wwe yeah probably still got aol accounts um so yeah i watched this live on the network with my uh, then girlfriend and now wife uh i got very very drunk John. watching this show well obviously uh yeah very very drunk watching this show i remember my lasting memory of this show aside from the daniel bryan stuff is my wife at the start of the brock undertaker match saying like well brock's winning right and me and John laughing at her and saying, "No, no, no! See, you don't understand. You're not a wrestling fan. It's fine. Undertaker wins at WrestleMania. That's just that's the thing." You mansplained. And we did absolutely. We wrestle fansplained uh, that Undertaker wins at WrestleMania. That's just the thing. And she kept saying, "No, he's so much bigger. He's going to win. Like he's a it, it, look at him. He's that, that guy's about a thousand years old. This this guy's gonna kill him." And she has photos of us that she took on her BlackBerry phone dated of us like hugging each other after the match was over because we'd like jumped out of our seat in full-on shock that undertaker had lost we were holding each other we were that like and i i then went on a tear about how dumb this was hmm. and i went and after the show was finished me and john walked the streets we went up to a 24-hour petrol station to go buy some cigarettes because i was still smoking at the time and i was just screaming all the way down there. It's like, why didn't you put over a young person with this? Why are you gonna use this to actually push someone? Not seeing that, you know, SummerSlam was a, a, a couple of months off from here where it would sort of pay off and mm. kind of create the Brock run. Mm. This was oh that's the starting point point of yeah. All this. Yeah,
5: yeah. I don't think you needed to beat the undertaker <laughs>
1: <laughs> no? to, to, to do that. Mm, no. Well, that's okay. No. I mean, other people would beat him. Who else, who else bought, beat him? I mean, oh, Roman Reigns. So I, I legit forgot then mm. who it was. Uh, so yeah, so I, I did watch this live and I very, very much enjoyed this show. This And watching this back, it has been a joyous, actually, watch through. I've been, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And it made me think of all the WrestleManias I wish I could have been a part of in the building. Yeah, It's 100% this one. This is when wrestling fans were all on the same page because there was one guy we wanted to see that night there was one guy we wanted to see win the title that night and there isn't a single person in that building that isn't into daniel bryan mm. it's absolutely nuts and it's been really nice to go back and revisit that time and the yes movements and all that and wwe finally you know credit to them listening to what the fans wanted they for had that night, yeah, for that night, you know, and they they had their hand played against them because this was not, the, despite what Road Dog will tell you, this was not the plan. This was absolutely it was Batista Raw, that's that's what he wanted to do. That's why they brought Batista back, and Brian was going to have a match against Sheamus, and they were going to play off the 17 second loss from a couple of years previous. But you know, Punk left in at the Royal Rumble, and. Plans had to change because Hunter didn't have a storyline anymore. And when Hunter doesn't have a storyline, plans have to go right out the window. We have to refigure what we're Mm. doing. And it's not just Punk that's told this story. Daniel Bryan tells this story in his book. So it's even more laughable that WWE are sticking to their guns. That, no, all that stuff at SummerSlam, that was meant to lead to all of this. You're just idiot wrestling fans who didn't see it all coming.
5: Yeah. It's it's a weird pay-per-view to talk about because in isolation it's fantastic yeah I think this is you know one of the best wrestlemanias ever uh, but unfortunately a lot of the stuff we're gonna say is gonna be followed up by and they ruined it <laughs> or and they they completely misinterpreted the reasons behind something yeah oh, I they mean like, we're, we're, there. we're still suffering the effects of the Brian push yeah. because WWE now think to get someone over, they have to beat them and beat them and beat them just like they mistakenly did with Daniel Bryan, get the natural groundswell of support from the fans and then pull the trigger
1: on yeah. them. The problem is, like, I think what WWE realized is that we were already behind Bryan at SummerSlam when he won the title. Mm. We were already, like, the Yes movement was huge then. Remember WrestleMania, like, when we were everyone was doing it? It took them so long to pick up on the fact that people really like this guy. And they just beat him like a drum because they didn't want him to be the face of this company or to, to be a champion. And it, it, it was a begrudging push. Uh, I I would argue. But yeah, to your point, they then thought, ah, people liked him because we beat him all the time. And that's what started it. When, no, it started way previous to that. And they just completely missed that point. Yeah, we're not at fault here. (laughs) This must have been our genius all along. Absolutely, yeah. Fans didn't want women's wrestling. Never. Um, But the big question, Oliver Davis. Yes. It is April 6th, 2014. What is number 1 at the US box office. All movies. It's okay. timely as well, I would say. Well, it's it must be a Marvel
5: movie then. Uh 2014. It's not Guardians because that would have been the year before.
1: No, that was 2014. That oh, was was it was in August.
5: Oh yeah, because Batista was going to stick around to promote Guardians and WWE were
1: like, it's not going. to people aren't watching these Marvel movies. So it's
5: it's a move so it's Captain America Civil War. No, dude, that was a few, that was a couple no, of years oh, later. No, what am I talking about? It's it's uh, the freaking the, the Winter Soldier <laughs> one. Oh, god go. damn it.
3: I need a new set of lungs. Dude, you just ran like 13 miles in 30 minutes. Guess I got a late start. Really? You should be ashamed of yourself. You should take another lap. Did you just take? It? I assume you just took it. What unit you with? 58th Pararescue. But now I'm working down at the VA. Sam Wilson. Steve Rogers. I kinda of put that together. <sighs> Must have freaked you out coming home after the whole defrosting thing.
1: It takes some getting used to. It's good to meet you, Sam.
3: It's your bed, right? What's that? Your bed is too soft. When I was over there, i sleep on the ground, use rock for pillows like a caveman. Now I'm home, lying in my bed, and it's like...
8: Lying on a marshmallow. I feel like I'm gonna sink right to the floor.
3: How long? Two tours. You must miss the good old days, huh? Wow, things aren't so bad. Food's a lot better. We used to
7: boil everything. No polio's good. Internet, so helpful. Been reading that a lot, trying to catch up.
3: Marvin Gaye. 1972
5: Trouble Man soundtrack. Everything you missed jammed into one album. I'll
8: put it on the list.
5: <laughs> I had an open goal. I looked at the open goal and booted it. <laughs> booted uh, it into a Rosette football reference. You are the Bray Wyatt push of uh, this episode. Hey, uh, you, that might be dated. Hey. Next
1: week. <laughs> it Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt yeah. it could be an astounding success. Absolutely, yeah. The previous week movie... So, uh, yeah, Captain America Wind Soldier was number one at the box office, 95 million for its opening weekend. It's a disappointment. The previous week's number one was Noah, a film I legit forgot Mm, existed. Darren Aronofsky's
5: foray into religious myths. Yeah, and it really worked out for him. Mm.
1: Uh, What was number one in the UK, though? He's (laughs) not a blockbuster director. He's doing passion projects. Yeah, I know. Uh, what was number one in the UK? I'll just give you a spoiler. It's not Captain America yeah. the Wind Soldier, because that would have come out the week previous in the UK, because that was in that time where we were getting them first because of tax breaks and things like that. So April 2015,
4: mm-hmm.
1: is it an x 2014. Is it still a superhero movie? It is not, no.
5: It's an animated film. An animated film in 2014... Something to do with gnomes. Gnomes or trolls? Oh, no, no. Frozen?
1: Uh, no, That's I. It would been t- 2013. Uh, Bird Raptor would be my best guess I could. Uh, best um, clue, clue. I could possibly give you. Rio. That's exactly <laughs>
4: it. Uh,
6: I come in peace. Wow, <sighs> oh,
1: She's beautiful. What were they talking about? She's. She's like an
7: angel. An angel who's getting
2: really close up.
1: What you You're standing on my throat. Oh, you're an American. <clears throat> Thanks. I need my throat for talking, so thank you. Uh, yeah, Rio was number one at the UK box office. Captain America would actually return to the UK number one position the week following. Uh, so it's got uh, legs. Yeah, Rio knocked it off uh, for just a brief period of time. Never seen it, and it got a sequel, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, never seen either of them. No. Um, but Captain America: Winter Soldier, the best MCU movie. Huh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's my it's my numero uno. It's yeah. I mean, I rank Infinity
5: War, Civil War. Guardians, all above it, easily. And the original And Thor Ragnarok. No, 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 and Thor. Why do I keep doing the wrong Thor Dark World? I meant to say Thor (laughs) Dark World to annoy you.
1: (laughs) Instead, you said the really good one. Yeah, You see, um, Chris Hemsworth uh, said in an interview that he was done with the Thor character before Ragnarok. Wow. He was being like, I was was really bored with the character. And I'm not, I don't blame him either, because he was a boring, boring character up Mm. until Ragnarok, where they let him be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it was. It was always all the other
5: characters in Thor solo movies that were interesting, mm. and then in apart the from Aven- Malekith, who was a boring. Oh boring yeah, yeah, apart from the villains. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then you had him in the Avengers team up movies, and he was the guy who got the comedic. Well, everyone got the comedic relief, but he was <laughs> a he, movie. He
1: was really good in the little comedic relief moments. Yes, so they yeah. doubled down on that part. My wife and I had a discussion mm. about this. Um, we were watching Deep Blue Sea last night, and how um, often do you watch that movie? Um, I feel like you've you said this. <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch it all of la- I didn't watch it all of last year, um, but yeah, maybe the year previous to that. I the last time I oh, saw no, it, I think it's more frequent than that. And check um, your leather box. But we were <laughs> we were talking about um, LL Cool J in there and him doing the 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 moments of levity after like super serious moments, and my wife turned to me and said like. You hate. You see, Joss Whedon's not to blame for everything. This came out in 1999, and he's doing comedy moments after super serious moments. I was like, yeah, but he's the only one. He is the comedy relief of this movie. He's supposed to do this. Everyone in a Joss Whedon movie is the comedic relief, even when they're not supposed to be. Hmm. Anyway, by the way. Uh, what was number one in the US Billboard chart? It was from March 8th all the way up until May 10th. So, so big, big, yeah. big, big, big songs. So this is going to be like a,
5: a Rihanna. Oh, no, no. Calvin Harris is going to have produced it. He
1: very well may have done, but I, I don't know. It that. should say fi- Calvin Harris oh, in, okay. the, in the song. In which case thing. it doesn't then. A big but, and, song. And you were working for Four Music at this I time, know, so this really I know. should be like well, your running... area of expertise.
5: Yeah, I'm running through Nicki Minaj. Nope. Beyonce.
1: Nope. Taylor Swift. Nope. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is it? Is it a dance track? It is, you can certainly dance to it. It is a pop song. It was written for a movie. I think a lot of people forget. It's an interesting clue. Mm. It's a good pub knowledge quiz, this. Can I have another clue? Uh, uh, The artist is a solo name, uh, like a one-named person. Pitbull. Although he has also gone by his double name as well. He was part of uh, a a band at one point as well, which I bought their album. It was quite good. So you bought an album...
5: Of a band. Mm. Of someone who's gone on to become
1: I think, a solo pop singer. I think singer. this person would have been a solo artist. Like It was more like a side project huh. that, that, that they did. This, and bear in mind, this, is, this was a huge song for the year. I was surprised that when I looked it up in the UK, it was only number one for one week. But I, I remember this song just being like... It's, it's about the only song that I've seen in this 2014 list of songs that I recognise. And it's not Bruno Mars. It's not Bruno Mars. And it's still not Nicki Minaj. It's still Has not Nicki changed? Minaj. No. The title of the song is also one word. Lots of clapping.
5: Is what is it? DJ Casper. No, it's not. That, it's not that again. It the Cha Cha they, they didn't again. re-release it. We get that all the time in the movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Two thousand and one. The Exorcist is number one at this time. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, you got, okay. T- tell me. It is Happy by Pharrell. Ah,
1: yeah. Because I'm happy to you, been yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah, I remember.
5: Yeah, I remember.
1: Big, big song. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, the one for the UK, I have no idea. And I was looking at the 2014 list, and I was looking at these songs, and I was like, I don't recognize any of these songs, with the exception of Happy by Pharrell Williams and Timber by Pitbull. Which was the? It was a WrestleMania theme one year. What yeah, was the theme I, for this one. Was I Kid pl- Rock.
5: I played uh, after we were having a discussion about the lyrics for Timber being about backwards jogging. Uh, uh, yes, reverse jo- mm. uh, jogging. Jogging into a tunnel.
4: Uh, 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 y- yes.
5: Jogging through the back door at the end when you get home, Well, you don't yeah. go in the front door when you get home. We, we could. You go round the side you could put it that way and you yeah. get you use the kitchen door at the back <laughs> of the house yes
3: yeah.
5: so I told my lady partner that she she said no it isn't and I said well it is uh I but because Luke and Nori told me I can't remember any examples why though let's listen it's been in her head for two <laughs> days she'll just be but
1: you know just humming it under our breath I mean like god damn it it's in my head now uh, so, yeah, so some of these other songs. Clean Bandit featuring Jess Glynn, Rather Be, no, never heard that
4: song.
1: <laughs> That's no. that
5: song. Well, it was on a uh, mobile phone advert, oh, yeah. and I just I thought it was so annoying. My flatmate.
1: Oh, no, I think there's no place I'd. <laughs> yeah.
5: My flatmate put it on at a party we were holding at our house once. She put it on really loud. And I just t- I just heard those notes, and I just turned around and went, "I in hate this song," and she
1: just got furious at me. Is this the housemaid that is known yeah. to do yeah. <laughs> the one that I really upset? Yeah, I mean, I'm and I'm not alone in that. Yeah, she she was just. You never
5: knew when she was gonna take offence to something, and yeah. this was one of those times. Yeah, I think a lot of fury was bubbling <laughs> under the surface, and I just, I just popped that zit. Yep, and out it all came on my face.
1: Uh, my love by Route ninety four, so featuring Jess Glynn. Wait, are you
5: just going through the entire year? Of no, no, it's just
1: some of these tsunami. I got you, the man, nobody to love. I don't know a single one of these songs. So, what was but, the actual one? Uh, the, uh, it was a song uh, called "She Looks So Perfect" by Five Seconds of Summer.
5: So Five Seconds of Summer, I think, are a sort of a Kerrang-style rock band. Uh, but,
1: a Kerrang-style rock
5: band? Yeah, well, you've got to understand that Kerrang is made for teenage <laughs> girls.
1: Oh, at this period of time, because when I was yeah. buying Kerrang, it certainly wasn't. Still, it, was, it, was made for 13, it was made for 13-year-old It was for 13 boys. No, that, it actually never was. It really was. It's always no, been. No, it, it was. The demographic was has always
5: been teenage girls.
1: Kerrang. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. No, they have their own channel and everything. I know. I used like... to work for it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the demographic reports. In 2014, I would say, probably, yeah. But I'd say in 2013, it was like... All it was through that, the noughties. I think that and Metal Hammer were very much going for the same demographic. And I, and I read both, so I, I, I knew the way they were wording things.
5: Ah, uh, five seconds of summer. Oh, no, they're an Australian pop rock band. <sighs> Should we move
1: on from the uh, from this. Uh, I'm
5: frustrated. You know when you do a pub quiz and you don't feel good yeah. afterwards. I feel frustrated that I didn't get any of this.
1: No, well you got you got both movies with some, with some. I pushes. said the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, many times over. Uh Okay, yeah. So this is WrestleMania 30. Very well received in the Wrestling Observer polls. 88.7% gave it a thumbs up. Uh, with only six percent. Oh, sorry, only uh 0.5%. Oh, sorry try that again. Only 5% giving it a thumbs down. Wow. And the rest giving it thumbs in the middle. Best match uh, was voted as the main event, Brian versus Orton versus Batista. Brilliantly structured. And the, and the worst match was voted as the Divas title. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, which AJ would lose the following night mm. uh, the Wrestling Observer would say for whatever happened over the past two years with Daniel Bryan as a small guy doing comedy routines about how funny it was they and they thought he couldn't beat big guys somewhere something connected with the audience and it saved a Wrestlemania that would have been lackluster without it Bryan had the two best matches a strong main event style match to open where he beat Triple H and he beat champion Randy Orton and Batista making Batista submit to the Yes Lock in 23 19 seconds to become WWE World Champion but with it it was among the best Wrestlemania in history ending with Brian overcoming the odds amidst a sea of yes chance Uh, so you're asking about the network Mm. Dave Meltzer would write one of the biggest questions going into the show was how well the WWE network would hold up on its biggest day of traffic it came, it became more of a question when Major League Baseball's site, which has the same hosting service, was filled with problems over the first few days of the season. I remember that being a big thing, that MLB were having huge issues in the lead up to Mania. Uh, but by and large, it held up well. 59% of those people who watched the network reported no technical issues at all. Another 37% said there were issues but only minor, and only 4% said they had significant issues.
5: So I'd hey, say for, for the first big style event, that's that's quite a success.
1: Yeah, I I, I think they did uh, pretty well mm. uh, out of that. Um, and I really enjoyed the video hype package that opened up the show, uh, comparing um, you know comparing New Orleans to WrestleMania essentially, mm. saying like, hey, these two things are basically the
5: same. You were you were talking about how of all the WrestleManias, you would have liked to have been at this one live, mm. especially because it was. A brief three hours fifty five or something.
1: Pretty much, and the first bell doesn't ring until like thirty six minutes into mm. the show. Uh,
5: but also because so many people have such fond memories of going to this event because
1: of it being New Orleans, and this was really New the Orleans, first please. New Orleans. Yeah, I, get, I used to get told off a lot in the comments when we did last year's WrestleMania because uh, I said it was in New Orleans, and New like, Orleans. It's, it's not. It's New Orleans. New Orleans.
5: <laughs> Orleans. Uh, yeah, because you had all these wrestling shows, and this is nothing new, like in previous years, you'd have loads of indie companies descend on WrestleMania Town and have their wrestling shows Despite everywhere. Despite WWE's best efforts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Idiots. They, before it was all quite stretched out and sparse, but because every, all these venues were so close together, wrestling fans appeared to just completely take over a few streets yeah. for, for a week and go to all these amazing events and the big WWE events, and it would have, like, there were so many stories of, oh, I was just having a drink in the bar, and there was
1: Xavier Woods yeah. or Brad Maddox. People in town <laughs> asking them, "How are you going to get? How are you going to yeah. fare in the battle royal tomorrow?" Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you saw that a lot last year as well when it was back in New Orleans. You had a liar show up to do like a, a random set in a in a bar. Matt Hardy was out doing lots of his delete stuff, and because um, he was still trying to get that gimmick over in WWE. And um, yeah, it's just like you watch the videos there, and it is really does feel like wrestling the only people that are in this place are wrestling fans and the people who work in New Orleans who have to serve these people and it it just looked like a wicked wicked time yeah it couldn't have come at a better
5: period in WWE as well because everyone was so organically behind Daniel Bryan yeah I bet there just must have been yes chants breaking out every Every... 10 minutes oh man like that period of time uh, in the early teens the early 20 teens where just woo and then it would all break out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it must have been that for yes. Absolutely. Yes chance. It was certainly that way in my office at work. Oh, yeah. It was what like if... me and four other people out of the hundred people who worked there were wrestling fans and would just be like, yes, yes,
1: yes. Every time we passed each other. And it was something that. Oh, man, we'll, we'll talk about the yes uh, phenomenon when we get to it. Um, yeah, but they're talking about how we lost track of time. And um, a lot of this, I feel, is somewhat ruined by Michael Cole's voice talking about how, like, WrestleMania is is brilliant and, and whatnot. It's the greatest spectacle in all of entertainment. Yeah. And it's just like sounds like a corporate shill and it's really awful. It's not the only thing he'll <laughs> undermine throughout the night. But then we see the usual stuff that, you know, you get in here, the immovable force, uh the immovable object, this that and the uh the the Austin era has begun. All the the classic things you see, but you see wrestlers dancing with sort of Mardi Gras dancers down the street. But I like how they sort of superimposed People who are no longer with us into these scenes as well, like Andre's there coming down, sort of like the WrestleMania three ring, and I I, I quite like all of that and sort of how they superimposed everyone into it. It was quite
5: hokey, Um, like it wasn't it wasn't a clean superimposition of Mm. old footage into this this party scene, but it was it was the sentiment was so nice that you get over that. Yeah, I thought it was it was a really good video package getting over WrestleMania and like you said, the location of New Orleans. (laughs) But it also,
1: it was also a really neat concept for a video package. Yeah. The, yeah, I thought it explained it And well. then it moves into, like, your, the, the big matches on the show, which is Brock versus Taker, Wyatt versus Cena, and Batista versus Orton, and Brian versus Triple H. Before we get, someone who I didn't think would have a second cameo on this uh, podcast, Kid Rock. Kid Rock makes his second appearance on Wrestle Ramble Extra with, Yeah, yeah, <sighs> go, let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah, bam, another man bit. And so it's not my Kid Rock. It's not no. it's not bar with a bar Kid Rock. It's not devil without a cause Kid Rock.
5: It's like that's not my Weezer. <laughs> when I see Rivers Cuomo doing backup lyrics for a pop song written by B.O.B.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I know a lot of people uh, are easy to make fun of Kid Rock, and it is easy to make fun of Kid Rock. But and fun. And fun. Yeah. But I will stand by Bar With A Bar, as I mentioned on a previous Wrestle Ramble Extra. Um, I, uh, in fact, actually, this is so unlike a Kid Rock song, I forgot it was Kid Rock until I looked it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's here tonight as well, isn't he? I forgot mm. all about that. Um, and then Cole says, in a really weird line to open this show, for the better part of four decades, it's WrestleMania. I'm like, it's the thirtieth one. Like, how do you say for the better part of four decades?
5: It's it's when it's like when he looks at the attendance figures. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna add twenty thousand more to that figure. <laughs>
1: yeah,
5: yeah, that is crazy. It's
1: like, that? why don't you say three? And he calls it the greatest spectacle in entertainment. Um, and I was thrilled to see when I looked at the timeline. And it was only—it was under four hours. It's like mm. three minutes, three hours fifty-five. I was overjoyed. That's
5: good. Yeah, that's like—I uh, mean, still really too long. I, uh, I would—I would argue three for hours WrestleMania. 30, I think it's fine. Four hours, yeah, for a WrestleMania, for one show a year. Backlash. Don't need
1: that to be four hours long. No, two hours 45, please. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, I think for WrestleMania, four hours is is a good time. But then it cuts to the commentary desk. (laughs) And you
5: see who's backed up by Michael Cole, who this was, you know, he's not heel Michael Cole, so he's not his worst. But he's by no far the best version of Michael Cole either, which is still not a good Michael Cole. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is flanked
1: by Jerry Lawler Mm -hmm. and JBL. This is dark timeline commentary. Like, this three-man team. I, c- I will make fun of Renee Young till the cows come home. And I will I will sing Corey Graves' praises just as much as I will also damn them as well, because I think he can be very bad at times. I would much rather that commentary team than this one. and, and But it's, it's not as bad as heel Michael Cole. Yeah. That, that is, like, with Booker T and Jerry the King. Oh. Like, that is... That's the worst. That's the absolute pits of, of commentary. But this isn't much better. No. This, this is this is not good.
5: I get a kick out of JBL sometimes because he has got some wicked one-liners. Mm. Unfortunately, this point in his life, Lawler, every single line is tired. Yeah. Uh, like when we talk about classic Attitude Era pay-per-views and he's doing commentary there, he is reeling out zingers that genuinely land and make us laugh. He is full of life and vigour. Yeah, like twenty times a match. And he's into play with JR's fantastic. But here he's this like weird shell
1: of what he was character-wise. And he wasn't watching the product. If mm. he wasn't commentating at ringside, he didn't co- he didn't commentate on no. things. So he didn't watch anything that was going on. And you can tell that sometimes because it'll just say things that are being fed to him. And he, there's no passion or like reason behind the things that he's saying. However, I will say... I, I will, I'm going to put over the commentary uh, in the first match. But we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that. Because... Well, to- talking of uh, maybe
5: not watching the product or being aware of certain details... Let me tell you
1: something, brother! Oh, yes, because it wouldn't be WrestleMania without a host. And this year's host was Hulk Hogan, who had made his return to the company after his brief stint with TNA, where he was going to change the wrestling world, brother, and he was going to lead this promotion to to the new lands, which is why he never plugged it in any of his outside wrestling media appearances and seemed to be embarrassed for it all the time.
5: Solomonster always points to one line that Dixie Carter said in the press conference announcing Hulk Hogan's signing with TNA. Hulk Hogan will be the rocket fuel TNA needs.
1: So he had to drive you straight into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And I think it should really be said as many times as possible, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff killed that company. I think there have been a lot of errors made along the way, but as a company that had so much momentum, And genuine momentum and fan base behind it. And I think those people, along with Vince Russo... Vince Russo had started the ball rolling and Bischoff and Hogan came to push it even quicker down the hill. Drove people away from that product. Hey, Dixie put those people in in place, so where does the buck stop? But she was very easily manipulated. Evident in the fact, as Hogan's last appearance on that show was Dixie Carter begging him not to leave... That's how good of a like. That's how easily swayed Dixie Carter apparently was in terms of making business and booking decisions. We well, had creative control, yeah. So she had to do it,
5: but she gave him creative control. Ex- yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, Hogan comes down. Uh, I guess the official host thing started with The Rock a couple of years earlier, mm-hmm. but this is the only time we see Hogan for the whole night. Yeah. Not a very good host. He's no, not coming around topping up people's drinks. I but. Maybe I preferred
1: him to Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, yeah, this year. yeah. This yeah, definitely. I think I think I preferred him to New Day doing it.
5: Well, the, it was just it's WrestleMania thirty, and Hulk Hogan comes down. It's it's not just a celebration of WrestleMania, but all of WWE, and he comes down and he's getting a huge pop because you know this was before we knew he was racist. <laughs> Everyone unequivocally yeah. loved Hulk Hogan back then. It was like you said, it was kind of his homecoming. Uh, I think he came back not here, but. Relatively recently returned yeah. to WWE. It was
1: like I'll be honest. A lot of the reviews of this show are just burying TNA um, when Hogan's here. So um, yeah, it's it's still fresh in the mind. Uh, but Hogan welcomes everyone to the
5: Silver
6: First off, I'd like to welcome everyone here at the Silver Dome to WrestleMania 30. Everybody in the WWE universe and everybody watching the WWE Network to, cr- to tear the roof off this place right here in New Orleans, Louisiana, brother.
2: Hope thinks he's back in WrestleMania 3. <laughs> That's all right.
6: You know, I was there for the very first WrestleMania, right in Madison Square Garden, where me and Mr. T beat Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. that was just the beginning. And then fast forward. 30 years later, WrestleMania 30, right here in the Silverdome. I can't believe I'm the special host here for WrestleMania. I'm sorry, it is the Superdome, brothers.
7: There you go, I'm
6: excited too. I was just thinking about Body slamming Andre the Giant, but yes, sir. We are here in the Superdome without a doubt
1: in his promo so he's already started going and of course
5: they're in the superdome
1: yeah it, it starts off with the greatest hit well let me tell you something brother blah 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 and it's great here to be in the silver dome dude and you can hear sort of like a smattering of booze.
5: It's amazing. This yeah. this
1: is incredible. There's a smattering of booze, and Hogan is a little bit unsure about this. So he, he carries on then he stumbles over his then words. Then the crowd are cheering. The crowd start cheering him again. Like, They're he, on his side. Absolutely. He, he then starts stumbling over his words and he's like, oh, I'm a bit discombobulated. Starts talking about Mania 1 and teaming with Mr. T to take on Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper and then all the way to Mania 30 in the Silver Dome. And that is when the crowd really start to boo him. And it's like that bit in The Simpsons when they're like, and if you freeze frame it, you can see the moments that his heart breaks. There is a point where you can freeze frame this and realize when the penny drops. <laughs> this... He smiles. He has a little smile. <laughs> he realizes he's been, he said the wrong name, not once, but twice, and then says, Sorry, I was thinking about slamming Andre the Giant in the Silver Dome. We're here in the Superdome, and then the crowd cheer him. And then he's
5: like, like, even thanks
1: all the thanks to all my Hulkamaniacs for correcting me. Yeah.
5: And you're like, you are so good at turning your lies in, <laughs> into into good baby face heat. Yeah. you're a genius. That there is, you know, loads of things have been said about Hogan and stuff that Hogan said about himself. Yeah, but you see the moment he realizes when he mucked up and he corrects himself that like that makes me love the guy just yeah. in that little little moment that is like you know to to see someone fail but then recover i i love it but you you had one job yeah. <laughs> you're the host you got the name of the building wrong
1: i think this is also you said that sort of rock kicked off the hosting duties of wrestlemania and that sort of carried through That, to me, feels like the WWE missed the point of why they had The Rock there as the host. (laughs) (laughs) They had him there so they could start the John Cena Mm. storyline to build to the next year's WrestleMania. Then they thought, well, that was a huge WrestleMania because we had a host. So, we'd better have a host again at some point soon. It's a way
5: to promote a very big name without having them in a wrestling match. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Uh, So, I guess that's the way they do it. Because they, obviously announced Hogan beforehand. He was
1: always billed as the official host for the he's event. He's all over the marketing yeah. for for this. And uh, it's, it's also funny as well that you say that he has that really sort of sweet moment where he does realise that he's made an error. He doesn't have that same moment, uh, he didn't have that same moment at this year's WrestleMania when he did say, he mocked himself for saying the name wrong and then proceeded to say the building he was in wrong but by accident. Yeah. And then just walked away. Well, he didn't know what was going
5: on. He didn't <laughs> know Paul Heyman was going to come out for a match next. Uh, but yet the so Hogan was always announced. He comes out, he gets his little pop, and everyone's like, "That's lovely." And he says, "Well, now it's time for more Wrestle moment, WrestleMania moments tonight." And then the glass shatters, and the crowd go
1: ballistic. The roof, and I think it was an open air building. But everything came unglued in this moment, and I remember me and John and, and my my wife being so utterly confused as to why this big hot dog was talking about buildings and Andre the Giant. And I just but the pair of us like jumped out of our seats to be like, "Oh my god, Austin's here!" Because I'm like, it's going to be Austin and Hogan in the ring at the same time. This is. This is this is amazing. It
5: it was such an incredible moment. It was it was perfectly done. But you know, we keep coming back to WrestleMania 30. But it real really felt like a giant, big time celebration. And I mean, the only thing I would change again, the commentary. (laughs) Lawler, as soon as the glass shatters and you see Stone Cold walk down uh, outside the outside the the big set and he comes down the ramp, Lawler is yelping. Such a moment. Such a (laughs) moment. And like we get it. Yeah. Like I the, the last thing during a moment I need is someone telling me it's a moment because my mind just goes no it's not <laughs> because you could you know you don't want to be told that stuff.
1: I think one of the benefits of us live streaming this year's WrestleMania and I would say one of the benefits of watching WrestleMania with friends is that there's often a lot of chatter mm. which means you tend to miss commentary. It's only then when you're watching it back on your own you hear some of this commentary and you're like ugh, this is bad. Yeah. It's really bad. But yeah, and, and I've, I've written in my notes here, Hogan wasn't my guy. You know, I was a child when Hogan was on top, but I wasn't watching wrestling because it was banned in my household. I knew who Hulk Hogan was. I knew that he was a big deal. But by the time I got into wrestling, he was with the other company, and I didn't have access to watch that company at the time. And more or less, like he was more or less gone from that company anyway. Austin and Rock were my guys. Mm. So... Austin coming down was like a big deal to me. Hogan, actually, if anything, turned me off from watching wrestling. When he came back in 2002 and won the title, I was like, nah, I'm done. Uh, I think I'm out of this now. It's the first time Austin has
5: been in WWE since WrestleMania 27. So this is a couple of years. It's a, it's a nice shock, and he comes in, and he poses on the turnbuckles, and he's he's just in that great way Austin always has, where he's just staring mm. at the other person in the ring while he does these poses and then he squares up to Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah. And it just like, man, that is freaking cool. That match. We never got. Absolutely. It's the WrestleMania match with that never happened because they went with rock and Hogan instead, but thinking probably quite rightly, Oh, they'll both be around next year. We'll, we'll do it at next year's mania instead. Mm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that's not really the case. Yeah, but
5: uh, but Austin gets in a really good joke. Happy to be at the Silver Dome, <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's perfectly done. It just felt like not just these two legends in the ring, but like now two people. It's all like Hogan screwing up sets the tone for this whole segment as something more than just fan service
1: yeah it's it's less of just coming out and and playing the greatest hits and doing the catchphrase that the people want to hear Mm -hmm. it does genuinely feel like this is these are wrestling legends coming together to to have a chat and we're, and we're hanging out with old friends. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's really cool. And, you know, He says, like, do the fans want to see me open up a can of whoop-ass on, on Hulk Hogan? And the crowd go ballistic for it. He puts over the Hall of Fame, starts leading the crowd in what-chants. It's absolutely wonderful.
5: The what-chant is brilliant. So the crowd start doing what, as Austin's speaking. And he shuts them down in such a smart way. He plays along with it. But he bores them. He just goes, I beat a a WrestleMania 1, what? WrestleMania 2, what? And he does it all the way through to WrestleMania 10. And he goes, you get the picture. And the the crowd have had their what thing now. uh, And they stop.
1: And they've had their fill. Yeah, They are full up of what's now.
5: That is the best way to stop the what chant, apart from Undertaker going, anyone who says what sleeps with their sister. (laughs) What?
1: Ah, no! Was that Undertaker?
5: Yeah, Badass Taker. Uh, There was something, I'm paraphrasing, but that was effectively what he said.
1: Um, So yeah, so Austin's there, and he's talking about how like these two people, Hogan and Austin, they've been very protective of their legacies, which I think is very, very true. Hogan in particular, with his creative control that he had in WCW, he didn't want to ever really lose because that's not what the immortal Hulk, Hulk Hogan does, but you know, Austin was the same way. It's incredible hearing stories of Austin. And he, you know, he's he been very open about this in his books as well, of being like, people would present him with matches and he would just say, no, because I'm, I'm not doing it. It doesn't make any sense. Like, they were talking about um, on an episode of Something to Wrestle With recently, that uh, there was an episode of Raw where he was going to have an unadvertised match against Billy Gunn, just because it's Raw. Hey, champion's going to have a match on Raw. It's going to be against Billy Gunn. It's just he's just a heel, and you'll have a match. It'll go five minutes, in. and Austin flat out said, "No. If there's no storyline reason for me to do this, then I'm not doing it." And I thought about that today while watching Raw, when Becky Lynch just came out and had a two minute match with Alicia Fox, and I'm like, it doesn't make Becky feel special that way. She's just on the roster, yeah, and she has two belts.
5: Yeah, it's it, it, you know, it's a you can say it's selfish or ego man, ego maniacal, <laughs> uh, but it's it's actually coming from a place of wanting to protect your character. Yeah. And actually that's what's best for the overall business and creative direction. I completely agree. So yeah. it, it's a shame that more people aren't more selfish. Like but I
1: that. I think that it's probably systematic within the company yeah. of like you're too afraid to say no. You yeah. do you're walking on eggshells the whole time so you don't want to rock the boat. You just want to do what you're told. Otherwise, who knows what's <clears throat> going to who's what's going to happen to you? Apart from the one guy who has been pushed more
5: than anyone in the last decade. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, who does say what he wants to do and tells people, no, I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. I suppose if you're Brock Lesnar, you can get away with that yeah. sort
5: of thing. And, and weirdly, it was Brock Lesnar and Steve Austin, that random match that Steve said, well, I'm not going to do it. You can't just, that's a big time match. I'm not just going to have it on Raw as a qualifying
1: for King of the Ring or something. It was qualifying, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he, he walked out the company. Took his ball and went home, mm. as he says it himself. But anyway, so like you think this is a pretty big deal because Austin and Hogan are in the ring. You're like, man, what a hot start to this show. I genuinely didn't think. Why well, it can't get better than this. And then all of a sudden, if you smell, plays over the speakers. And the place becomes even more unglued. And I, I don't say this a lot. I'm going to give a credit to Kevin Dunn yes. for this as well. Because Kevin Dunn cuts to a crowd shot just a moment before the music plays. So you've got this shot of this crowd enraptured by what is happening in the ring, looking at Austin and Hogan. And then as soon as that music plays, they all lose their freaking mind and start looking up the ramp and jumping up and down and losing their goddamn s-word it's amazing yeah there's one woman in particular
5: in the front row yeah who is you know already mouth open watching hogan and austin and then <laughs> if yes and she goes cra- it's br- like goes oh, it's, it's a fantastic moment absolutely yeah. and, and J- jerry lawler doesn't need to tell me it's a moment yeah
1: i also noticed at this point here green shirt guy Mm, yeah, everyone was really annoyed at WrestleMania 35 it's the first time I've noticed that he's a thing yeah yeah I, I know. I didn't know it before no long haired no. guy yeah I know that he's always at shows with his old dear but I've never noticed green shirt guy but now I'm aware of him yeah, I see yeah, him everywhere I see him all the time it's like when you learn a new
5: word <laughs> Uh, but the rock comes out. Oh, he's wet, and yeah,
1: he's immediately <laughs> sweaty. I think he he was sweaty. I, I, he poured a bottle of water over because his t-shirt is drenched. Mm. He is a wet, wet man. Yeah, or it's humid. Just could be humid. Could be humid. I think Roman Reigns was taking tips from him, and being like, "Aha!" Mm. So that's what gets you over.
5: And he points to his arm, and he, he shows the goosebumps, <laughs> and like again, the, rather looking at these people as legends of the wrestling industry. There's a real human connection here because Rock's like, I'm freaking loving this. I love you guys. Yeah. Just with that that one gesture. But then Cole yelps. He's here. Mr. Hercules himself. I've got that down
1: as well. <laughs> who looks at The Rock and goes, oh, it's the guy from Hercules. Yeah, right. Uh, it was the movie he had to plug at the time. Um, But I, 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 as much as that was annoying me, all I could think about While he was making his entrance. I don't think I've ever thought about this before. But Jim Johnston, I was thinking about him during this, doing that sweet, sweet guitar lick in the Rock's theme song. And just picturing Jim Johnston, 53-year-old Jim Johnston, doing that (laughs) sweet little guitar lick in his element. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. He is a cool man. And you've got Rock and he gets into the ring and he hugs Hogan and Austin and That's like some kind of kind of secret handshake with Austin. Yeah, well, I mean, they're attitude era yeah. buddies, aren't they? And JBL says, in a like, as much as I didn't like that coal line, he had a line that made me hate him even more. Where he's like, "I just got my money's worth for the WWE Network, and the show hasn't even started yet." Like, Shut up, JBL. You're not even paying for it.
5: You get it for free. But but commentary aside, this this is truly. Truly fantastic.
1: And the crowd starts turning. This is awesome. Yeah, that oh, was that was
5: really cool. So and, cool. And then the Rock goes. Finally, the Rock has come back to New Orleans to WrestleMania and the
1: Superdome. <laughs> the Superdome. <laughs> and the Superdome chant gets going. Austin is pissing his pants <laughs> laughing. Hogan turns around. He points over to him with his thumb, being like, "This guy, this this Jack over here." It's a wonderful moment. It's so human.
5: It feels real. Yeah. And again, I keep coming back to because if they, a lot of this was obviously not scripted. But here's the points you need to hit. You need to go out there, talk about how you're not just Hall of. This is essentially what Rock says. I don't see Hall of Famers across from me. I see my childhood hero Hulk Hogan, my friend Stone Cold Steve Austin, yep. and then he says like a line. Someone's going to come out later tonight because of you know because of you saying eat your vitamins. Take your vitamins, eat those vitamins, <laughs> snort them. your prayers, snort your yeah. <laughs> eat your prayers, snort your vitamins. Someone's going to come out to fight for hustle, loyalty, and respect. <laughs> <Boo>! <laughs> uh Because you know the crowd. We didn't like John Cena back
1: then. They must have seen that coming as well. But
5: like that—that's all scripted.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I know, if, but, but that's what I mean. Don't tell the Rock yeah, to say yeah, that yeah. then.
5: But the but Hogan. I mean, it, it works continuity-wise because they you know, made up two WrestleManias beforehand yeah. with Cena, Or was it
1: three? No, it was the previous year? Uh, uh What, would have, been 20, 20, what would have been 29? 28. Yeah, what, what happened at 29 then? You, you feel for time, uh, I'll, and,
5: I'll Google. But it's all because of Hogan screwing up that they can all make a joke. At no, this, well, it was the last year's Mania. Uh, year. Uh, this genuine slip-up that Hogan made. It just makes it really human. Uh, and then he says, which gets a much bigger reaction if Austin didn't stand up to the authority or Vince McMahon back in the day, you know, now you've got Daniel Bryan. So yeah. it, was a, it was a really nice way to get all this heat transference from these legends,
1: pass it on to John Cena. Uh, yeah, and the crowd launched into huge yes chance at the mention of Daniel Bryan because really, that is what they wanted to do all mm. night long. And Rockstar's saying that, like, hey, like, do you notice how there are so many babies that are born nine months after WrestleMania? Because of people like us, and we create little rock babies, and it's a very weird line. And then there's a, and then there's a rap that is so much better than Cena's gimmick. It's so much better than the thugonomics spoken word poetry. And I was like, oh, I think this is what people think John Cena's gimmick is. This is actually great, though. Mm. Um, and everyone does their catchphrases. Hogan makes fun of himself uh, making the error, and they all drink beer. And as they're drinking beer. Michael Cole says, oh, this might be the worst line of the night. Michael Cole says, get your Instagram accounts ready. What? Oh, that's, I had, I said amazing
5: until Cole says, perhaps the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. It's like, I really enjoyed the segment, but now you're, making, you're putting me in a position where I have to say no. Yeah.
1: It wasn't the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. Get your Instagram accounts ready, folks. Uh, what do you even mean? Like, that's not how Instagram works, you donut. I don't even use Instagram, and I know that. Uh, I thought it was, it was an awesome moment. It put a huge smile on my face. My uh, then-girlfriend, so confused. She has no Scooby. Bear in mind, this goes half an hour. This goes very, very long. She had no Scooby-Doo what was going on. She recognized The Rock, and she recognized Hogan, but she didn't know why they were there or why that was a big deal. So very, very interesting. Uh Austin
5: has beers with all of them, the music plays. He doesn't stunner anyone for a change. <laughs> His uh, knees are shot to hell, man.
1: Out. And then they cut back to the commentators. And I can just see Dr. Chris Amann, uh, just mm. to the uh, the, the right of the commentary desk, probably handing out some Z Packs. I I
5: didn't see uh Chris Aman here. I just could only see the radioactive pond water. <laughs> That is Mountain Dew.
1: (laughs) Oh, it is prominent on their desk.
5: Every commentator (laughs) had their own bottle
1: of bright, luminous green Mountain Dew. I'm sure it's refreshing. It's probably more refreshing than water is when you need to do commentary for four hours straight. Hey, look
5: how cool those beers that Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock and Hulk Hogan just enjoyed in the ring together. They have Bud Lights, which are gross. Now look at our, our luminous soft drinks honestly honestly my nxt rookie is daniel bryan daniel bryan you gotta be
2: kidding me you haven't been in the wwe for a minute
6: how are you going to become a star in the wwe but where's your personality where's your
7: charisma answer your critics you haven't done anything in the wwe ever since i could remember everything inside of me to feed in. You will never have I told you what I was in trouble. Would you turn your back on me? The WWE Universe is becoming a believer in Daniel Bryan. I get the feeling just because everything I touch isn't dark enough. That this problem last
6: one reason only. It proves that when I step in this ring there is nobody better than Daniel Bryan! Daniel Bryan has never held the gold. Could tonight be Daniel Bryan's night? It is my job to ensure the best product for everybody. I did what I did to ensure the future of WWE. Daniel Bryan is not the man we want. He is not the face of the WWE. The authority, they don't want Daniel Bryan. Cold, hard, fact of life. Some guys get to the top, some guys don't.
8: Daniel, not everyone can be WWE championship
2: material. You're like, what, five foot eight, 200 pounds? You are a B B
6: plus player.
2: That's a good little spot for you,
6: Daniel. I protected Daniel Bryan for all of you. He is just not good enough to succeed. You don't listen to these people. You don't listen for their obvious
2: desire to see somebody like me succeed.
6: We are not going to take it anymore. I've never seen
2: anything like this in my life you disrespect my
6: family's name the only way we will ever get you to listen is if i beat the crap out of you at wrestlemania
7: daniel bryant's handcuffed let go
6: of me i am getting tired of your little fantasy crap i will put an end to your pathetic yes movement Fight like me in WrestleMania! You're on! With these people, I am stronger than ever.
7: I'm only a
4: man with you feel like a girl!
6: The power. Is no, yes, no
1: that video package
5: is awesome. Goosebumps. I'm yeah. like the rock showing my arm to you.
1: Goosebumps, that was. Yeah, the whole monster thing. I just think it's so, so Turn to cool. a monster! They're a monster! It's really, really cool stuff. I can see why a lot of people say it's one of the best video packages they've ever done.
5: Yeah, yeah, I really like it. I I wouldn't say it's one of the best, uh, but it's definitely top 50. (laughs) WWE put out a lot of great video packages.
1: That they do. That is undoubtedly true. They do put out a lot of great video packages, but I really like it. Like, it it kind of... It's, it's Cole saying that he's the unlikeliest of stars and heroes, mm. and it's showing his beginnings in NXT and even stuff from the indie days. Yeah, what was that footage from, ROH? I'd guess ROH, yeah. Because they had a, a quite close working relationship with ROH back in those days. Yeah, particularly about getting footage, because yeah. they had it like, on the Punk DVD that they did as well. They had loads of ROH stuff on there. Yeah. Um, And then you got shot to Bryan proving everyone wrong because it's like, oh, it's The Miz was his mentor, which everyone at the time thought was a big rib. And it was him talking about, hey, you're Captain No Personality and you'll never be a WWE superstar because I'm The Miz. And and this, that, and the Mm. other. And you got heel Cole and things like that. And then they show, there was that segment they did on Raw where they had every WWE champion, every previous WWE champion in the ring. And the crowd hijacked that segment. Oh, yeah. By just chanting for Daniel Bryan. You can see, actually, as, as, funny enough, I paused this video partway through because I was taking notes. You can see Steph corpsing. Like, you can see her break character and start to laugh at this uh, ginormous reaction that Daniel Bryan's getting. That's fury. <laughs> what you're seeing there is fury. They didn't want this to happen. I, I, I don't know,
5: man. Brian's Brian, laughing. Brian's laughing. Loving it.
1: I, it is. Uh, and you got like Rey Mysterio raising his hand and Mark Henry raising yeah, his hand yeah. and things like that. Mark Henry raising the hand, though, is very
5: much, here you go, I've raised the hand now. Can we get on with the <laughs> damn segment? I disagree, that. It's a begrudging
1: I, res- raising I I the hand. I think Triple H no-selling it was so, so good. I don't think people give Triple H enough credit for this feud. I, I, I will... Stand by my word this was never the plan absolutely 100% this was never the plan but at no point does Triple H ever break his character in this and I think he is the perfect mm. heel villain character mm. for Brian in this scenario yeah because this was before Triple H was NXT daddy beloved Triple H that we have now yeah he was involved in Triple. he was involved in yeah. NXT at the time uh, but it was NXT was not the well, this has been 2014, so mm. it, was, it was this year that NXT really started to take off because it was on the network then and people were watching on a weekly basis, as opposed to you could only see it if you were in Germany or like mm. it was on Sky Sports at like four in the afternoon. But back then, Triple
5: H was very much in our eyes part of this, or author- he was one of the people keeping Brian down exactly, and now we see him as the person who you know tries to protect. People against vince mcmahon's visions yeah
1: i i think that he's really really great in this feud and they they cut out um yeah it's, it's weird as well because they sort of like they cut out things like brian winning the belt and triple h screwing him over to to give it to wharton and then you they kind of they, they basically they tell a very good retelling of this history of being like yep this all started at SummerSlam last year and it's played a very natural progression to this point point. We're cutting out all the stuff where he joined the Wyatt family, but you know that that's not important. God, and yeah. him losing at the Royal Rumble—we're not talking about any of that stuff because we were building Bray Wyatt for John Cena. But if you look at SummerSlam and here, then it all makes perfect sense.
5: Yeah, not just losing at—no, uh, at, you mean he won against the Wyatt family at Royal Rumble. No, he lost to Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. Did he Rumble. really? Yeah. Oh my god. Because they were
1: building Wyatt for Cena, so you had to have Bray
5: Whoa. Wyatt win. Yeah, but then we all thought he was going to come out in the Royal Rumble match, but it was Batista. All that's cut out and all that sort of stuff.
1: So, yeah, they do a very good retelling. It's a bit like the... um we said this about the, the Mania main event this year, WrestleMania 35, where it's like, this has been weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of nonsense and mostly nonsensical storylines. But when they do the video package before it, they'll just ignore all of that and present them as three legit fighters. And you'll be like, okay, cool. Now I'm into this. They are the North Korea
5: of wrestling,
1: <laughs> of video editing. They oh. can they can cut a load of stuff out and it, it's essentially propaganda. Yeah, more or less. Uh, I'm just quickly double-checking my points here. Yeah, Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Bryan in mm. 21 minutes and 30 seconds. I just assumed <laughs> Bryan won. Well, no, because... yeah, no, Daniel... no, you're totally right. Now I look back on it. Because yeah. Daniel Bryan didn't have a storyline. He wasn't supposed to be part of WrestleMania this year. He was supposed to be on the, the pre-show.
5: In my mind, Bray loses every major
1: feud he's ever been in at the end. Oh, we'll get on to yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and you got, like, Bryan being called the B-plus player, the Yes movement, the Occupy Raw thing. And then you had... Almost a mirror of what we had last month in the Kurt Angle Eddie Guerrero feud mm. where Brian was handcuffed and then Triple H beat him down.
5: Yeah. And he took a pedigree with his handcuffs,
1: his hands cuffed behind his back. Yeah. That must suck. Absolutely it must suck. And um yeah, it's it's amazing that five years ago we had this storyline that WWE doesn't listen to his fans. And then they felt the need to repeat that storyline again in 2018. It's almost as if things don't change. Mm. I just but just a, one last thing on the video package
5: uh, I d- the shots side by side of this almost evolution of Brian over the last five years mm. from like you said from the indie days, then he's got the short hairstyle, then he's then it's longer, then there's a big beard, and just like you feel like you've been on a journey with him, mm-hmm. and although he hasn't changed as a
1: person. He has grown, and yeah, it, it is It is very good. It is an excellent video package, and um, we'll, we'll get into the... Well, let's talk about the entrances first, and then we'll we'll crack on with this, because by the time the actual bell rings, we're about 36 minutes into the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Steph is announced... But it was all good. It was, it was all, all great. great. All great, great. stuff. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah, yeah. So we had two very good video packages and that wicked segment with Austin Rock and Hogan. Um, and Steph is announced as a, a principal owner of WWE, a mm. title I don't believe she holds now. I, I don't know what she is now. I think they make She's it the up on the She's chief brand day. officer. She's
5: chief coordinating officer of uh, brand, executive brand commissioners. Vice yeah. yeah. And uh, she, but it, I, I just thought she was dressed as Z- Zatanna. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, she uh, she introduces Triple H. This isn't quite the match she had against Roman Reigns where she was like a mad dictator standing Mm. above like on a giant stage (sighs) screaming at everyone. But she was very much introducing Triple H here. And Triple H then comes out in full King of Kings, Skull King mode, flanked by Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks. Who'd have thunk that a few years later one of those women would be in the main event of Wrestlemania and the other one would be trying to leave the company <laughs> yeah.
5: and the other one barely wrestles because of uh, loads of concussions she's well, sustained. The other one brought out Hulk Hogan for, yes. uh, <laughs> for
1: hosting duties.
5: I thought of all of them Sasha Banks looks so different. Yeah. Isn't a hair colour thing? I think she so it yeah. It look,
1: looks like she's got a different face. Well she's wearing a big mm. skull thing. They all figure. are though but yeah. I
5: definitely recognise the other two
1: and I know he's like Skull King but he he just looks like Skeletor like a really rubbish plastic version of Skeletor the throne was a bit goofy
5: Yeah. I'm I'm still like I've written here this doesn't tie in thematically with Stephanie as a butler in the buff like (laughs) I just think why is she dressed in this kind of sexy half lady tuxedo suit I don't know introducing a king like a a sort of old fashioned Skeletor yeah Skeletor
1: yeah um, I also laughed as well because you can see Bliss and Banks bump into each other. Like, oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. That's the source of the heat. The rumoured <laughs> feud between the two. I um, I described this as wonderfully wacky. Uh, King called it awesome, which mm. means that it really wasn't. Yeah. But I don't think it was as lame as WrestleMania 35's entrance. No, no. Or no all, all the Terminator one.
5: Yeah. So this was, yeah. And then like, because the, all, all the throne stuff is actually quite brief. Comes out on the throne and then the lights cut out. Dum! Time to play Yeah. And it, the lights come up That's and he's, he's there and it's regular. So I and then that was it was quite quick
1: after that. Of, of all the Triple H entrances, this isn't the worst. No, absolutely. And you've got Cole running down all the people that Triple H has beaten in the past and why Brian on paper does not stack up. And the crowd just immediately burst into yes chance. And that was when I thought. If I could be part of any mm. one, if I could be at one WrestleMania from my lifetime, it would be this one. Yeah. I think it would have been so good. Cool. The reaction's incredible for Brian. It's this sometimes happens in big, real, like
5: big feel main events. And it's so smart having the heel come out first because the heel will come out, their music stops. And then you've just got, like, ab- about 20 seconds before the babyfaces music begins. And that's where the anticipation of the crowd starts to take over. Yeah. And they're already chanting yes. I might, like, my spine's already tingling. And then Brian's music hits. Yeah, that he boom, comes boom. down. And he is just... Because he, he goes down th- this very long ramp doing the yes taunt the whole floor of the stadium and doing it with him
1: it is a incredible sight it's absolutely breathtaking Mm. it really is so i'm i love this match absolutely loved this great match. match this is spectacular and i think that it's not just it's a great match i think every single person in this match plays their role perfectly. Mm. I think Brian is the perfect underdog. I think Triple H is the perfect cocky heel. I think Steph is perfect on the outside in her role. And, and I won't say this very often, I think the commentators all do their roles very well. Maybe not King, yeah. but I think JBL is perfect as this guy who's just like, he's Daniel, he can't win, he's the game, he can win. You know, and all of this. And you've got Michael Cole saying like, look, on paper, this doesn't make sense, but Daniel Bryan has got something in him, and he's got incredible crowd reaction behind him that I think can get him through this match. And you have got King B and they're going like, ah, "I think he's gonna win." I think that every single person in this whole scenario plays their role perfectly. Well, I'm glad you liked the commentary.
5: <laughs> I yeah, I JBL keeps on going back to the. He looks like a goat line. He's a troll. He's a garden I could yeah, I garden can, I, I can do without
1: all that, yeah.
5: Uh, King doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, and Cole's Michael Cole. So, yeah, I thought the commentary was as bad as it is throughout the entire show. I would say the crowd. I would. I
1: would just yes. ignore... The crowd play their part Absolutely perfectly. yes, that was the one I did forget. Yes. The crowd absolutely played their role in this perfectly, booing everything that Triple H does, and cheering everything that Brian does. And I think Triple H plays off it so brilliantly. And I think him and Steph together are such a good act in this match I am I r I'm I I'm not the biggest Stephanie McMahon fan. But I, Stephanie a uh, uh, McFan. But I do think she is great in this match. There was there's one thing we haven't talked about, and that is
5: in addition to all of this underdog story, you've got to wrestle twice in one night potentially. There is also a massively taped up shoulder yes. on Brian. Yeah. He's selling the shoulder injury from the get go. I think it was from the raw beatdown when, when- Triple H threw him into the ring post. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just like, it's a big target. And you can see that throughout the match. It's, and, and that's what the match is really based around, yeah. is Triple
1: H working over that shoulder. It's really great psychology. I also love right at the start of the match, Triple H offering the handshake. It's such a dick move. It's so great. And the crowd proper boom. And Bryan kicks away the hand to this great crowd reaction. And JBL just goes, how disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And they, they,
5: that, that's a great start. And the crowd is so loud for it. Yeah. And I thought, like, as I was watching it, It's nice seeing Triple H in a wrestling match. Yeah. Like so many matches he has these days are smoke and mirrors because either he's working with someone who's older than him or even more part-time, or he's just like, you know, he is old. Yeah. And he can't really go as well as he used to, so he relies on stuff like hardcore spots. And there are a few bits in here they get on top of the table, but... This largely, it's mostly in the ring, it's and it's mo- just Brian yeah. versus Triple
1: H. And it's uh, you got like Brian kicks him out the ring, and then he offers out the handshake, and Triple H is really rattled by it. But Michael Carr has this really weird line where he says that uh, Triple H is the quote much larger of the men. Now, I went to Google to find out about this. Triple H is only twenty centimeters taller than Brian. That's quite would, a lot. Would though. you say that's much taller? Twenty centimeters? Yeah. It's like an inch. It's, it's like, like a- two inches.
5: Twenty centimeters. Yeah. Then that's that's like twenty millimeters. You're talking about twenty centimeters. That's two hundred it, millimeters. It's like an entire head.
1: It's still not like much larger than men. this. Isn't Rey Mysterio versus Giant Gonzalez? I, I think that's as I don't think not, that's much larger. I think that's a valid comparison. Twenty centimeters to inch. Oh, it's seven inches. Actually, yeah, that's twenty centimeters. Yeah, yeah. It's much. It's it's bigger than I was expecting. As the Size of my flaccid penis. <laughs>
5: Now weirdly, uh, it goes to three when it's erect. A okay.
4: curse.
1: Well, uh, to use a Jerry, uh, Jerry the King Lawlerism, uh, like the kid in orthopedic shoes, I stand corrected. I feel sorry for that kid who copied your maths homework. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah Brian does some kicks and uh, Triple H grabs one of them and hits the dragon screw Um, and they do some like Brian's I I really like Steph on the outside just like Mm. screaming like she's screaming at Triple H but also screaming at Brian saying like you're never gonna win you're never gonna win you're a B plus player at best
5: uh, it was really, really good. And Triple H even goes over to kiss Stephanie at one point when Brian's selling on the outside. Yeah. Join like one of the there's quite a few count out spots where Triple H just milks all the heat up in the ring yeah. and Brian's selling outside.
1: And Triple H starts clearing off the table. And that was where I spotted that Ricardo Rodriguez mm. is on Spanish Commentary. Yes. He'll be introduced a bit later on. Um and there's a, a moment where he, he like Triple H grabs. Brian because they were going to do like a table spot but Triple H gets down and he just yanks Brian's arm downwards and Brian takes this incredible bump on the table and it feels like it rips the arm out of his socket. Yeah. And Triple H the first thing he does rolls into the ring tells the referee to start counting. Yeah. Like a proper knob. It's so great.
5: I mean that the way Brian took that bump some of the moves he does later like there was a where was it he uh, yeah like really early on in the match Brian hits this Tornado DDT on Triple H off the apron then he runs up to the top rope hits a senton off the top rope hardly touches Hunter and just crashes into the barricade and the commentary team are like ah Triple H dodged that (laughs) "No, no 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 Brian overshot and I just thought Brian is a lo- was a lunatic back then. Oh, yeah. I really forgot how much he throws himself into his moves. Yeah. Even like, I remember when he started wrestling again, uh, it was not at WrestleMania, but like the weeks after WrestleMania, and we were all like, man, I forgot how great it is to see
1: Brian wrestle. He is like times two
5: yeah. the ferocity back then,
1: and also there's that. Like, remember when he got cleared to wrestle, and the first thing he did was start doing those running drop kicks on Brian, uh, on um, Owens and Zayn. He mm. was landing on his head every single time he did, and I was like, "Oh, this is not gonna last long. This is. It is very lovely that he's been cleared to wrestle, but if he carries on like this, it is not gonna last yeah, forever." Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. Absolutely, yeah. But this, that might date this uh, conversation, I suppose. Um, I love that uh, Brian locks in the chicken wing to a huge Daniel Bryan jumps. And and this is actually where I will give credit to King. He does a great job of getting that move over, mm. of being like, look, guys, I know it seems like a, w- a really goofy move because it's called the chicken wing, but that is a really difficult move to get out of, and it takes a lot out of you as a wrestler. Um, and then Triple H gets his own submission in with a cross face to huge boos, and this crowd wants to see nothing but Brian winning this match. There were two crossface spots there were, from yes.
5: Triple H in this match. He
1: was the guy that brought it back.
5: Yeah, and then uh there's a bit where, you know, there's that there was a, a Brian Brian got up and did a flying headbutt which Triple H counted into a crossface. I was yeah. like
1: What is... Are we we allowed to say the word? Yeah. This was... um, It's very Benoit-esque. It was only a few... It was a couple of years later, I think, that Triple H started to use the crossface as a way to, like, yeah, we're we're using this move again. We're going to just pretend that it was not a Benoit move. It's now now a Triple H move. Mm. And he's just going to do it. That's what I
5: think when I think Triple H submissions.
1: (laughs) The crossface. Brian starts making his comeback, but like Triple H just keeps shutting it down, and the crowd are so into all of this. And then he, th- Brian, in the middle of this sort of comeback that Triple H keeps trying to stop, hits this fascinating, incredible German suplex. Yeah, so it was like a, a double underhook. But Is that the one? I- it might not be the double underhook one, but he hits this German suplex where he basically doesn't leave his feet. It's all in his hip movement oh, right. to get over this much larger man as <laughs> Michael Cole might say it's it's beautiful like he popped those it was like Taz it was fantastic uh but Triple H has a big suplex of his own and it's at this point I thought Steph was mic'd up or at least she was going towards where the microphone yeah, was yeah I think that's
5: what they've got a directional mic pointing at her
1: Yeah absolutely because she is like you can hear her so clearly yeah. throughout this match uh, Triple H tries for a superplex, but Brian fights back and hits a sunset flip powerbomb, and then starts hitting his running kicks. And Triple H sells this third one, where he shuts it down rather by charging out of this corner with this enormous clothesline. Yeah, he decapitates. Him. Absolutely. And JBL just shouts, "Take that, garden gnome!" Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you. I, I loved it. I, I I could have done with less of it. <laughs> But I loved it because that's that's the role that JBL's supposed to be playing here. We're not meant to agree with JBL here. We're meant to mm. think that he's an idiot for saying these stupid things and we're going to prove him wrong with our yes movement, Lark. I, I think it's great because the yes chant starts to take over the arena at this point. Oh, yeah.
5: So, like, Brian, Brian then that's when the crossface spot and the, the flying headbutt happens. And Brian reverses that crossface into the label lock. Yeah. Or is it called the yes lock at this point? I think it might be the yes lock at this point. But and this is when Triple H sells it so well. He is scrambling and yelling. He looks frantic. He doesn't look like the sort of Like when I think of Triple H, I think Triple H was like, I'm gonna protect myself. I'm really big and strong. But actually no, that's part of the way to get people over. When he actually does sell and he just gets to the rope, he rolls outside to recover. And that's when Daniel Bryan does his... like. This is a classic Bryan sequence of moves. This yeah. is his five moves of doom from John Cena. So he'd like crazed, two crazed, frantic suicide dives. They are so stiff looking. Then kicks on the barricade, looks great. Missile drop kick off the top rope. And then he's down, it's a double down. Kip, Kip up, up. Uh, yes kicks, and then he hits the final kick, which he very rarely does. Yeah, and JPL shouts,
8: something is not right about this. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's great. And the crowd are chanting, this is awesome, and it it really is. And then they're chanting yes for the knee because he's sent it up. Yeah. But then Triple H counters with a spine buster off of this running knee, yeah. and then the pedigree. And even though I know the result of the match, the cr- as soon as the pedigrees hit, the crowd boo. Yeah. Because I, th- I think they're booing the company for booking Triple H to beat Brian. Absolutely, they, that's it. They and I legit bought in to the fact that WWE were going to screw up this booking. They yeah. weren't booing the bad guy winning. They were booing the company being inept. So when he kicks out, when Brian kicks out... It is amazing. It's
1: emotionally amazing. <laughs> there was, um, I remember Brian Alvarez was talking about um, live reactions from two previous WrestleManias. It was the, 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 the double bill they did with Triple H and Undertaker, and there were time there was when Triple H hit the tombstone on the Undertaker, and he did the big pose and everything. Yes. And he said it's one of his most favorite like, live reactions because every single person in the arena thought. Of course, Triple H is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, yeah, course, yeah. Triple H is going to be the one to break the streak.
5: That's the amazing spot where Triple H like scurries back yeah. when he's ah oh, yeah, God, and
4: that's,
1: that's, that's and I ju- I think it's a credit to Triple H mm. there. It's it mm. is systematic of the yeah he was booked to be on top for so long that we now just intrinsically think that he is going to be the one to mess everything up. But I think he's also, he then uses that as part of his matches. He knows that that's how people think, fans think about him. So he's like, we need to do a spot in this match where it basically looks like I'm going to win and this company is inept and they're going to completely screw up this booking (laughs) and the crowd will lap it up and they'll completely buy into it. Which really works for a heel. Not so much for not John much, Cena. Not much. Yeah, absolutely. Well we'll come on to John <laughs> Cena. Um, and they—it's such a protective move that pedigree. Mm. I think kicking out of it really does mean especially a lot, especially back then. like yeah. five years ago, even more. And Steph just starts yelling, "Do it again! Just do <laughs> it
5: again!" And then Brian locks in a small package. Well, before then, B- Triple H just goes crazy and he throws Brian into the corner and starts unloading that's after the small package oh is that package? after the small package yeah and he, he's kind of snapped yeah he's lost it yeah but then the, the referee's like no I'm going to have to DQ you so Triple H stops and I thought that's such a nice selling of the strategy like yeah. even here he's so calm he's so collected and he is the cerebral assassin he can <sighs> I'm going to win
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does not work because he blocks... Uh, Brian blocks an attempt with the uh, pedigree and then uh, Triple H tries to grind him down. Brian kicks Triple H and starts rocking him. He misses the second kick uh, and then Triple H backdrops him off the back of that but Brian lands on his feet, hits the running knee for the one, two, three. It only took one running knee to put Triple H away. Mm. And the crowd explodes. Yeah,
5: I would say... The crowd's sustained pop, which is not just a pop when there's an entrance music or a pop on a spot. This was like three minutes of sustained people going
1: crazy. And I think it's for two reasons. Number one, Brian won. But number two, to your point earlier, they were like, oh, good. WWE yeah, are not yeah, going to yeah. mess this up. We are going to see you uh-huh. win
5: tonight. And uh, I, it's it's not louder than the music because they play the music so goddamn loud.
1: But it is on par with the music. Really? And that's something. And Steph's selling of the finish is so great. you got Cole calling it the biggest upset in Mania history. Steph gets in the ring. She starts slapping Brian, and he just smiles at her. Yeah. A smile that just says, I told you. I'm I, a B-plus player, Yeah, I? I told you I was yeah. going to win. And then Triple H attacks him from behind. He goes after the chair. He wraps the chair around the post and hits him with the, uh, the steel chair. And Steph plays the mean girl so well, which he just goes, oh, so sad. Oh, she's so detestable. I think she plays that role brilliantly. Cole just says Triple H is embarrassed. Mm. He's embarrassed that he lost that match, and that's why he snapped.
5: But at the same time, you know, they they are they are very well established as the owners of the company yeah and the most powerful man in wwe and to their motivation they want to protect wwe from this b plus player daniel bryan fronting the organization exactly so yeah. it's not just a frustration thing it's no this was like i would always believe triple h would have a backup plan if he lost yeah and this is the backup plan because his
1: boys are in the main events. exactly his evolution boys are in the main event and, and then it's,
5: it's such it, sorry to cut you off it's sorry. like a I love shows that have a night-long storyline. Yeah. And you you start that off with the win and you add another layer of complexity to it with this beatdown afterwards. Like, as if he needed to be any more of an underdog. Yeah. And you do that without jumping the shark. Like, if all of a sudden
1: he's arrested or he's suspended after this match, you've gone too far, but this was this was perfect. Absolutely, yeah. And you can see Dr. Christopher Mann helping Daniel Bryan. You can almost hear him say, it's all right, I've got a Z-pack. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out, mate. It's absolutely fine. Uh, the Wrestling Observer, uh, Dave Meltzer, would say uh, he called it a classic match. Uh, he would say, with the exception of Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, this was probably the best pay-per-view opening match in WrestleMania history, four and a quarter stars. God, I forget that that was an opening match. Yeah. What a long night WrestleMania 13 was after that. Then. <laughs> that is a crap show. yeah, Isn't, isn't it just <laughs> crikey? Um, the Figure Four Daily, uh, it's done by Vinny V uh, in this month because Brian was just writing up. Because the other thing as well about this show is that the Brian win ended up being almost like the third biggest story coming out of WrestleMania mm. because you've got the Undertaker streak ending and Ultimate Warrior dying. So all of a sudden, like, the in the Wrestling Observer, the review for WrestleMania is so far down because he's got to do the big Warrior obituary and he's got yeah. to talk about. He goes into great detail on the streak and things like that. So yeah, it's it's you've got to scroll for like three minutes to be able to find the actual review. Well, the streak is almost an obituary in itself. Exactly, and it, he actually has ones. Yeah, yeah,
5: goes goes deep into and
1: them. And he can then start talking about Bruno San Martino, which that I mean that's five paragraphs there, yeah. if,
5: if anything. Montreal Screwjob, <laughs> <your bar>,
1: and <laughs> Um, the Von Erichs, w World Class <laughs> Wrestling I never saw
5: d- d- Meltzer stay on topic <laughs>
1: Uh, so it's Vinny V doing these reviews and it's quite an interesting take as well because he was there for it live but also rewatched the show for mm. the review. So he's got like two perspectives that he gives throughout. Um, but he's, he says in his review, uh, Cole was pushing that a win for Bryan would have been the biggest upsets in WrestleMania history. In hindsight, it wasn't the biggest upset of this show. This was even better the second time around. Just an outstanding match that changed, every, uh, changed and developed along the way. Going 25 plus minutes and not wasting a single second. Four and a half stars.
5: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Even today, yeah. I think it's still a four and a half star match. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And Pro Wrestling Torch, Wade Keller, really good opener with just the right pace. Hunter delivered, really good drama. Great, great crowd reaction. Stephanie was effective at ringside. Brian is spectacular. Four stars. Foley totally sucks. <laughs> four the Rock stars. would not promote this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, four stars from Wade Keller. He is, he is. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Uh, we get Michael Cole making fun of Hulk Hogan uh, getting the building name wrong, um, which I also I almost start to think that Jerry the King Lawler forgot about because he almost corrects him. I'm like, mm. no, no, King, that's that's the joke, mate. You were literally here for that joke. Lawler doesn't even pay attention to the shows he's commentating on. Absolutely so. not. No. How, how can you expect? He's fascinated by the green ooze that's in front of him, thinking it's going to give him power. Mm. I think they just
5: put on his little monitor. Classic clips of divas (laughs) just just to keep them (laughs) right and then they feed him lines to say yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: right coming up next it is a uh, much shorter match than uh, the Mm. one we had previously i think it's, it's one of the shorter matches on the show and not built up at all nope it is the new age outlaws and kane versus the shield But you wouldn't know that from the entrances because the New Age Outlaws come out and say that they're here to, you know, they're part of the authority and they're going to teach the Hounds of Justice a lesson in humility. And then the Shield come out and then Kane comes out. And I'm like, what is the match? Who is facing who in this match?
5: Yeah, the the Shield looked awesome. Oh, it looks so cool with their big masks on everything. skull face masks. Dean looks like a different person. Yeah. Well, I guess he was because we got prison Dean for the last year. But he's there with the United States title. Feels like such a big deal. So The Shield debuted late... No, August 2013.
1: Yes. So this is their first WrestleMania. And... I think it's their second WrestleMania.
5: Is that so? I I thought thought they said... Was it 2012 they debuted?
1: I thought commentary said that this was their second WrestleMania. I'm just doing a quick Google Live on air. Trying to think what they would have done. I always get Oh, yeah. The Shield uh, defeated Big Show, Randy <clears> Orton <throat> and Sheamus, which is probably why you'd forget about that, because who would remember that match? Well,
5: that's just going to support my argument even more then. Yeah. It's like the Shield have been cursed <laughs> with Frank and team matchups that mean nothing since their conception. Yeah. And I love the Brian Kane and Ryback TLC match, the Shield's first match yeah. on pay-per-view. It's a outstanding. But it is Brian Kane and Ryback. Yeah. That is not a coherent entity. Absolutely
1: not. They've only had one actual feud against a genuine faction. And that would have been the Wyatt family. And, and it was
5: one of the best feuds of the last 10 years. Absolutely,
1: yeah. You could argue as well they did have a feud with Evolution because um, that comes after this. Mm. But that was very much a short-lived thing. And it was just done because Batista was on his way out and then. And this is crazy to think, particularly with the outcome of this match and the way that it's done, The Shield will be broken up in two months' time. Yeah. Because Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins turns heel on this group in two months mm. after this point. I didn't even think of that. And this, they've only just turned babyface. Like they and didn't this is even their
5: last. Run. Their two WrestleMania matches in that first run were those two Fra- against Franken teams.
1: And it's a real shame because they are arguably the best faction that WWE have created in the last ten years. Mm. Like they they were so well protected, they were so well pushed, and they had these amazing matches. They were just outstanding. But actually, they didn't have a lot of. They didn't have any big WrestleMania moments. You could argue that this is a big Mania moment, but it means nothing because two months later it's all over. Seth and Roman certainly have independently of The Shield. And
5: I think WWE like to chuck that all into The Shield mythology. But really, in that original chapter, yeah. Yeah, very mishandled. And although I am a big fan of The Shield squashing the New Age outlaws and Kane, which is exactly what happened here. Killing the Attitude Era. Yeah. Like... That that only works in my head if they're still a faction next year and they finally get their big half an hour six man classic
1: tag. Yeah, yeah. I think them them breaking up in two months' time really is. And I remember like I watched uh, the the show that it was. I'm gonna say it's battleground, but I might be wrong on that. The one where they did um, Shield versus Evolution. I watched mm. that around a friend's house, and then I stayed over at his place to watch the Raw the following day, and. I was just stunned that they broke the shield up, and I was like, "Now, what? Really? At this point?" And because I'm, we were just all my friends and I were discussing, "Well, now we've got Shield as a babyface. We've got another like year and a half, two year oh, run with yeah. them as babyfaces now." But no, they they just pulled the trigger on it and, and split the group up and turned Seth heel. It's. It, I
5: think that is connected to the streak ending. Mm. Vince just gets these mood sometimes it seems where he's like no I'm going to change everything Yeah, and and that's what happened. Uh, uh,
1: yeah but, th- this is very short. We did get a clip from Smackdown. Sorry I, I, you well, I
5: was going to say what you said. I thought it was Raw but how it was yeah no video package just Kane beating them up on Raw and they say he was the. I think com- it was on Smackdown. If it, I, I don't
1: care. <laughs> if he was the commissioner at the well, time. because he's part of the authority because this is like this is slack pants Kane. This corporate is corporate Kane. Kane, so I think he is just part of the authority, which means he's allowed to book matches. Because I've written
5: here, he was the GM at the time. I just presumed <laughs> uh, because he booked this match in some way, and they they kind of alluded to that that status on commentary. But then, in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal later on. They do say Brad Maddox
1: is the Raw General Manager at this time. I don't remember that whatsoever. What's going on? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. But there's an even weirder line in that. I, I think it's SmackDown. But there's a weird line in that recap where they say oh, Kane booked this match because he accused Jerry Lawler of helping Daniel Bryan. And I'm like, what? What's Jerry Lawler got to do with this? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. And the Shield turned on Kane, and then Kane set up this uh, a four way tag. I have no idea who Seth was pinning. I, I said, it looks like Bobby Roode, but I know it's not. I think it's Jinder. It could be Drew. Swagger and Cesaro were there. I think the other team was Ry Baxel. Mm, it, I've, classic. Classic, classic team. Classic teams. era. Oh well, this match is very short. Yeah. It is just Shield dominate, beat them all up. Lots of Superman punches. Roman Reigns is pushed like the absolute star of this match. He does everything in this match,
5: and we love him. We love him. Oh back then. yeah, spear on Kane. Yep. Spear on both the New Age Outlaws when they're back in the ring after a stereo Dean and Seth dive, and then it's the triple power bomb on both on both Gun and James. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Is that a? Sextuple powerbomb? power uh, bomb? Is it just yeah. a quadruple power bomb? Quintuple, because there's, really, there's only five of them. Yeah, so it'd be quint. Quintuple, quintuple power bomb. Yeah. But is it actually a th- a all three men power bombing two men? In
1: which case, it's three times two, thus six. Oh, you're right. Yeah, which means it's
5: a, a quint a to double, a du- a, I, I call it a double triple
1: power bomb in my in my
5: notes. A knickerbocker glory. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that that was it for the
1: win. Yeah. This was quicker than a lot of the other things on the show. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, this from the Observer. Besides Undertaker, Billy Gunn was coughing up blood after the match. It was believed he was hurt on the finishing spot where the Shield did the triple team powerbomb on he and Road Dogg at the same time, which didn't look smooth. Based on things said on Raw, it appears the New Age Outlaws will be off television for a while as the six man tag was their blow off. Uh, was the blow off to their run?
5: And now Road Dogg's off to ruin SmackDown.
1: Uh, well, um, yeah, more... A couple of years. couple of years' time. Yeah, it 2016, would be, yeah. that would be. Yeah, Billy Gunn would become an agent, and then he'd get fired and join All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, for a weird... He was... He was... Do you remember what that was for? I don't remember yeah, this, yeah. so he was... I think he was a
5: trainer down in NXT, and he failed... Uh, well, he... I th- the report was that he was taking performance enhancers for a bodybuilding competition that he was in mm. and bodybuilding is you know it's a dirty sport it's it's kind of you've got two that's why Vince different, loves it yeah you've got two different competitions the one where everyone takes drugs and the one where no one takes drugs yeah. it's just the way it is so he was reportedly allegedly taking performance enhancers for, for that but something that came out somehow so they fired him from his NXT trainer job yeah mm. so, I, I can't remember the details it was a that. weird one yeah. it, it seemed like you know you gotta, you gotta fall on your sword here. That sort of
1: political yeah. release. Anyway, he's a WWE Hall of Famer now. I'm sure everything's fine. Mm. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think as well. This time next year, as in like a WrestleMania uh, 31, Seth would be a WWE champion. Yeah,
5: yeah. It's 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 extremely cool that the Shield were put over so strongly over the Attitude Era stars and Evolution as well. The following and, month. and the following month, but yeah, like the reason you do that is to build them up as a faction, not break them up as a faction. Absolutely. Yeah. So and great, well not great, but cool in the moment.
1: Very frustrating in hindsight. And you can tell that that wasn't the plan at this point because JBL says, well this is their yard now. Mm. Yeah, pathetic. Uh, resting Observer would say they rushed through the intros and rushed through the match two stars. Vinny V of the figure four would say, not much of a match, but as a way to make the shield look like stars might have been the best result. A Star and a half. Uh, Wade Keller had nothing to say about it or a star rating. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I want a rematch. Sorry, Sides, you're not gonna get one. Another right. Slam City WrestleMania
2: victory for Old Hacksaw.
7: Oh! Who's next, tough <laughs> guy?
2: Slam City. This dragon's breathing fire. I'll play you, Duggan. Bring it on, tough guy.
8: Come on, ah, guys.
3: I believe this belongs to somebody else now. What? What, what Hey, uh, bring that back.
6: Haven't you guys figured it out yet? Whether it's in the WWE or in Slam City, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man.
8: (laughs) I (laughs) thought you retired.
1: Uh, we then cut backstage and we see Sergeant Slaughter, Jim Duggan, and Danny Davis playing with action figures to promote Slam City. Slam City, yeah. Slam yeah. City, uh, for any of our younger listeners who don't remember what that is, it was a kids' WWE show. It, uh, Daniel Bryan, I believe, was the commissioner. Uh, he said it was the most fun he's ever had in the company, I think, at this point. Was it? It was all cartoon-based. There was a cartoon version, but there was also a actual wrestling version. No. Where yeah. you, but because it was a kid's show, you had to abide by certain laws. So yeah, like you, you couldn't yeah. like show slams or punches or things like that. I think Daniel Bryan was the commissioner or he was the commentator or something like that. But yeah, they also had an animated version of it, which oddly we saw when we did the Raw live stream, Raw After Mania live stream this year. Mm. And they were just showing it on Sky Sports.
5: Yes. Yeah, which yeah, that animated one. It was kind of like a stop-motion... Yeah. It kind of looked like Celebrity
1: Deathmatch. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Again, you know, 15 years too late. But, you <laughs> know, they, finally, they finally got there in the end. Um, so, yeah, you see him, them playing with toys, and Hogan, uh, Hogan Duggan wins. May as well be Hogan Duggan wins, and Sergeant is very unhappy about it. And then Ricky the Dragon Steamboat comes in, and he says, I'm going to play with the toys instead. And then the toys get taken away, because Ted DiBiase purchased them and it said everyone's got a price <laughs> and then ron simmons walks in and says damn yeah there's your legends everyone <laughs> um not great no um, this, this, it was a segment to plug something else and it's not the worst backstage segment i've ever seen it at a uh, wrestlemania but it is nowhere near as good as bobby heenan and uh mean gene uh, making out with Moolah and May at Mania Twenty.
5: That that one's won everything
1: in terms <laughs> yeah, of really
5: nostalgic cameos. Absolutely. This this was this was incoherent. Oh and, and completely and incoherent sad yeah.
1: Tragic, yeah. Uh right, up next Speaking of sad and tragic. <laughs> it is the first ever, ladies and gentlemen, Andre the Giant's Memorial Battle Royal. When we all thought this will be how they create new stars. Yeah, this the first become- this will become a big deal
5: not the we need to get everyone on the card uh, <laughs> oh god panic tag matches yeah do eight man tags no there's not a, we need more people than
1: an eight man tag a battle royal then yeah Perfect. and they were doing battle royals like on pre-shows and stuff it's just they, this year they decided it's gonna be for a trophy and it's gonna be in honor of andre the giant and they're gonna win a trophy and we'll build new stars off the back of it and we'll make it this really really big deal yeah. There are thirty men in this battle
5: royal. Um and there twenty-eight of them are already in the ring. Yes. When the camera cuts on. Yeah. And well Big Show walks down because he he was really built as the the the, the lead,
1: guy. the the favourite. Absolutely.
5: Everyone thought he was going to win because he's a giant. Yeah. And WWE are dumb. Of course they'll do that mm-hmm. for just the picture of Big Show posing with the,
1: the giant giant trophy yeah and then Seamus gets music get too many limes big Seamus yeah. comes out <laughs> he didn't get his match with Daniel Bryan's so they had to give him something it's a shameful thing lobster head but he, yeah <laughs> he does get an entrance and I then I was just looking at the ring trying to work like see who I could spot and I was like oh, I can see Ray because he sat on a turnbuckle. I he can see Carly, because he's tearing up mm. everyone I spotted Broders Clay and Mark Henry and yeah. Darren Young and I was like This is only five years ago and it feels like a totally different company. I've written five years is a long time in (laughs) wrestling. Brad Maddox yeah, Brad was the first Yo- person eliminated. I know, Yoshi Yoshitatsu was the first oh, was person he? eliminated. Oh, yeah. my God. Yoshi Tatsu was in there. Yeah, Yoshi Tatsu is out. I spotted Dolph Ziggler. There's Goldust. 3MB. Uh, Kofi and Cody. And then uh, that's when I saw Jinder and Drew. Santino. Yeah, there's our truth And Big E. Big E, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston all in this yeah. match. Not his new day. So weird. There's a spot where Big E starts beating up Xavier Woods later on. I was like, what are you doing, mate? Leave yeah. him alone.
5: The, the Yeah, so all of those people... David Atunga's in there, yep. Fandango's doing the dance, and that's over. And I'm like, okay, I've seen everything. Surely nothing else can surprise What the hell? Damien Sandell's in there! <laughs> and I was just like, it was just so unceremoniously eliminated. Yeah. So many of these people who have gone on to, one of them, found All Elite
1: Wrestling. Yep. With just Just an afterthought. One of these men... Uh, is Jinder Mahal, who would be WWE champion in just a few... One of these men is The Miz, who headlined WrestleMania not that long ago. He was in the main event spot with John Cena and <sighs> the state of his hair. Oh yeah. What is that all about? It's a throwback. Oh, isn't it just... Um, there's a really weird moment when, uh, when 3MB all get thrown out, and Jerry says that they were touring in China with the Wok band recently. Nice one, Jerry. Oh man, if yeah. you Take the man out of 1999. <laughs> Mark Henry takes out McIntyre and Jinder. It's incredible that both those men. Well, actually, will McIntyre be back in the company after a couple of years stint, where he like completely reinvented himself and then came back as the Scottish cycle path? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jinder Mahal will be WWE champion. He states would have one of the best storylines coming out of the first brand split. Mahal would also be released. Before rejoining oh, him, right? Yeah, yeah he, he came back for the
5: brand split. Yeah, um, in uh, August, Santino. If we haven't already said that, the yeah. Cobra came out there. I feel like there's there's a lot of big names in there. Even for this, like
1: 2014 WWE, we've already said the Miz, Sheamus was a pretty big deal back it's, then. There's only six matches on the card, or something yeah. very short like that. Um, Justin Gabriel just spotted him, and, and hmm. Damian Sandow. Um, Jerry says, and I quote: "This is great." He is wrong. Yeah, it's, it really is a cluster F. Oh, isn't it? Everyone's yes. in there tripping over each other. It's not aesthetically nice to look at. And that's because there's 30 men in the ring. Yeah. Like, it's just that we need to get all these people out of here. Uh, Biggie is is... Uh, he throws out Fandango, I think. Or maybe Fandango got him out. Otunga's uh, thrown out. Uh, Fandango, by the way, he beat Chris Jericho at the previous WrestleMania because that was meant to be Vince's mm. new favorite character. And it was going to be this big push. Jericho was just there to put over Fandango. And it led to him being in this battle royal yeah. one year later. Uh, Sheamus hits him loads of times and he falls down. Um, Sho leaves Rey Mysterio alone. Like, he goes to, like, threaten him and then it's like, no, and, just, and walks away.
5: There was a really good spot with... So, so Dolph has... Uh, no, it's not Dolph. Um, Cesaro just goes on this tear in the middle of the match. Because when, when a few bodies clear out it starts to get, to get brad Mannix out of there yeah a bit better <laughs> not we're not talking women's battle royal this year oh, no. which got really good in the last half this doesn't actually get good ever <laughs> uh,
1: but but apart from the end i'd say the end but, is good
5: but that's just one spot like I, yeah. yeah it's good but it's a good finish but yeah. the
1: match is not the good. match is not but cesaro's
5: running wild he's just like killing people with these brilliant uppercuts kofi comes at him current WWE champion Kofi Kingston, and he flips Kofi over his head, over the ring post, all the way outside. Somehow, Kofi does not break all his legs and lands feet first on the bottom step of the steel steps. God, that could have gone so wrong. And as he does that, he sort of twists in midair so he can land with his feet, and then take a back bump. Yeah. So he lands on his back on the ground, and he's like, "Oh, my feet are still on! I'm like, how are you not dead?"
1: just gonna say because if you'd have just got like half your foot on one of those steps, he would have just buckled backwards because you wouldn't have had a flat surface to yeah. land on. It's incredible, absolutely incredible.
5: Uh, yeah, he's he's great, but that means he wasn't eliminated, and he yeah. comes back. He runs runs in and goes wild. A genuinely like a genuinely hot comeback that everyone's in off the back of that amazing spot, which is so weird in retrospect. Yeah, because you are like. Anyone, if you just got behind them, could be a big deal.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, As we now know. uh, Tyson Kidd's also in this Mm -hmm. match. Perhaps sad of all, Del Rio is in this match. Del Rio's in this match. Vinny V in his notes says, uh, (sighs) Del Rio did the disaster kick. In life, I thought it was Cody Rhodes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Del, Del Rio's sad in many different ways. Del Rio and Seamus eliminate each other. Yeah. Future League of Nations. Oh, buddies. that's right.
1: They would be, yeah. Um, and we get, like, Ray does the 619. When Ray gets uh, dumped over, JBL, like, cheers and he's very happy about it. Like, because yeah. it's really funny. Up until this point, Cole and King say, like, well, you only hate Ray Mysterio because he retired you. And JBL's like, I don't hate Ray Mysterio. I've got nothing against Ray Mysterio. I think he's a great athlete. Yeah. As soon as he gets eliminated, he's like, ha ha, you got eliminated.
5: Look, yeah, JBL is actually very, very funny. Yeah. I, th- some, sometimes he can be very, very and th- that's unfair 60% of the time he's actually very good, Yeah, but 40% of the time he's so unbearable mm-hmm. and mostly incorrect, that's why he's, he's so grating.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I don't think you're wrong. Uh, Kofi uh, then gets caught in the swing and Cesaro just starts swinging him for a long long time. Mm. JBL wants him thrown into the cheap seats, like he wants to throw him thrown for miles Jerry reckons that uh, Kofi's kids are going to be born dizzy Hmm. Um, crowd booze show As he chokes Lam Cesaro uh, Ziggler is somehow still in this Of course he is But he never leaves Rips his
5: uh, top off yep. uh, And fires up Got a pop for that Because I guess Ziggler Isn't that far removed From his big cash in on Del Rio That was no. what 2012 That was a huge Maybe even 2011 uh, uh, No I think 2012 Do you want to google it live on air? Are you googling that? I'm, I'm googling yeah. it yeah. Uh, But yeah he's not fi- He was He was not finished like he is today <laughs> in WWE. Uh, but th- but again, he's just thrown out after that little bit. And it comes down to Cesaro versus Big
1: Show. 2012.
5: 2012.
1: So just, yeah. just Well, in a- 2013, actually, he won the um, the, the belt because he won it in 2012, didn't he? And then he held on to it for, like, ages.
5: Well, the- I'm talking about that cash-in, really. Yes. So the cash-in, I think, was, was in... Was 2012. Yeah. Um, so two
1: years before this. It was uh, one year before this. This is 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. So in 2013, when he cashed in, was the Raw after WrestleMania...
5: Oh, right. Oh, I thought you said he. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So just just the year beforehand. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but Cesaro and Big Show, the final two. Cesaro uppercuts Big Show. Then Scoop slams him over the top rope to win.
1: Yeah. Which is ge- genuinely amazing. It's ab- And the cr- when he lifts him up, the crowd rise to their feet. And say what you will about Vince McMahon. But he does know how impressive it is to see a small man slam a giant. And it's like, a WrestleMania 3, he knew it was a big deal then. And people are like, ah, wrestling's moved on. Fast forward, you know, 27 years later... And another, they do the exact same spot, and the crowd rose to their feet the exact same way that Hogan did when he slammed Andre. You can't beat the Classic. You cannot beat the Classic. And the crowd explodes when Cesaro wins because no one expected Cesaro to win. He was actually on the pre-show. He'd split from Jack Swagger early in the night with the... Um, what are they call Real Americans. The Real Americans, yeah, because he's still got that amazing entrance music. Mm. <laughs> Cesaro, doomed to always be in random tag teams with great music. I've been humming that <laughs> for the last two days. Yes. <laughs> 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 gets stuck in your head. It's so great. Uh, this should have been the start of a major push.
5: Yeah. Yeah, because... The crowd were behind him. We like the cra- All the crowd loved Cesaro. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's undoubted. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the 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 swing, yeah. which people were really behind. And the real Americans got over, we the people, and all that stuff. Uh, there were there were a lot of real American signs in the crowd throughout the night. And just as we saw with Kofi this year, you just need a little bit more. You just need to follow that grain of momentum. And see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, hey, at least you tried. But don't just run it into the ground from the offset like what happened with Cesaro here. You say you,
1: they run into the ground, but that would suggest that they did something. I don't think they did anything. Like they paired him with the, Paul Heyman pretty the,
5: fast after this.
1: I suppose, yeah. I was Which, say. you know,
5: seems like a good idea.
1: But for some, it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, Jerry says, with a straight face... That was the most fun part of WrestleMania 30, uh, 30 so far. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mate, have we forgotten the Daniel Bryan when they get two matches ago?
5: Yeah, JBL also says. Cesaro's slamming big show will be played for the next fifty years.
1: i it and I don't think it was shown the following yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see that in the opening sting. Absolutely not. No, which is a shame. I also love the way that Cesaro sell, like like he sells how heavy the trophy mm. is. Like he's like, really like squats down to pick it up. Michael Cole calls it a coveted trophy. I'm like, mate, no one's won it previously. You can't call it coveted. Dave Meltzer, it's surprise. You'll be surprised by this. Uh, stars. The finish was really good, playing off the Hogan-Andre visual. Three stars from Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vinny, Vinny from the figure four. This was much better than most battle royals, as they took time throughout the match to clear space for two or three guys to hit big spots. Amazing finish, and Cesaro was instantly elevated to... Well, the upper mid card, but that's still a big jump from a random (laughs) tag team. Three stars. Wade Keller would say they did a nice job of building up show as the inevitable winner. Yes, it was over the top for many adults who know how Vince worked, but it served a purpose to get Cesario some great post-WrestleMania momentum as a hot new baby face, and it worked. Yeah, I mean,
5: they're obviously very optimistic. (laughs) I think if I was writing about this match at the time, I too. Would have been a three-star person.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've written in my notes, we all thought this match was going to mean something. Mm. We all thought, like, this this is it now. This Every year we're going to get a new star made from the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And there have been five of them now. I wonder if you can name all five winners. So, obviously, Cesaro
5: the first year. I'm going to call then, this. I believe it was Big Show the second year. Mm-hmm. Then Mojo Rawley. Then Baron Corbin. And this year was Braun Strowman.
1: All right, let's see. Was that in order as well? Uh, Cesaro, Big Show, Baron Corbin, then Mojo ah! Rawley. And you're missing one as well. It's, there's been Not six. Braun Strowman? Yeah, Braun Strowman, there's been six. Huh. Who won it? So, Cesaro. Mark Henry. No, it's been Cesaro, I don't know then Big Show, then Baron Corbin, Mojo Rawley. Matt Hardy was last year's winner.
5: Oh, because Bray Wyatt
1: helped him. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the runner up of that was Baron Corbin, funny mm. enough. Because you can't you get rid of Baron Corbin. Um, so yeah, that was it was a match. Um, and Cole uh, puts over the French announcers, and we find out that "Eminent uh, Legacy" is the, one of the theme tunes for this. How many theme tunes do you need? Well, you need uh, a, a song like "Legacy" for the next match, which is John Cena versus Bray Wyatt.
3: This is what I believe in: you work hard, you show up on time, you stay loyal to those who support you, you respect friends and enemies. That's my stance. Liar. Here I am, having worked day in and day out for 12 years now, trying to build this. You're a liar! That's what I want as my legacy. You're
7: a liar, John Cena! And a
3: guy like Bray, he just wants to destroy everything I've worked my life to build.
6: (laughs) Your heroes, children, they fight only for their own selfish vanity and greed. Hey, kids! All praise be to
7: the virtue of hustle and respect and who am i I to say that what am i (laughs) i used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling why am i so differently wired am i a martian what kind of twisted experiment am i involved in because i don't belong in this world that's why i'm scoffing at authority defiant often john cena you remind me of one of those thoroughbred horses and he races and he wins and he wins The time is up. Can't you hear her calling your name? And if you fall, I'll get you there. I'll
4: be your savior from all the wars that are for.
6: I am afraid of Bray Wyatt, but I believe. I believe in everything I've done, everything I stand for, and everything I will do. At WrestleMania, I will fight for my
4: legacy.
0: This is my legacy, legacy. to
4: me you can only see. this is my legacy
8: legacy i got your fear john and
7: your fear is my power oh, i used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling why am i so differently wired in my noggin because sporadic as my thoughts come it's my embarking because i obsess on everything i have broken you john <laughs> i have broken you but if this is all there is for me life offers why bother even trying to put up a Nonsense, but I think a light bulb just lit up in my conscience Who is dead? As will be your legacy Who will be left for you and I take it all away? This is my legacy (laughs)
1: Because you see, it's all about his legacy. His legacy of hustle, loyalty, respect. And Bray Wyatt is trying to make him go against that. You might say he wants him to embrace the hate, which was a feud he did with Kane just a couple of years previous to this. So it's not like this is a brand new storyline. HOWEVER, Bray Wyatt is so much better suited to this storyline and I think this video package is awesome and I actually was super into this storyline because call me crazy I did think Bray Wyatt was going to win The storyline is great the video package is great the Wyatt
5: family was so good they could have been better than the shield maybe not with Eric Rowan but Braun Strowman kind of came out of it The, the, the match the story through the match is also great (laughs) <laughs> the only thing wrong with this match is that John Cena won. I know. It's so. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> it is ridiculous in hindsight. And, like, it's the same thing would happen with Rusev next year, where uh, John Cena's going to beat him at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. And I'm wondering if that's where this, this idea that Cena buries new talent comes from. Like that two-year stretch where he beat brave Oh, it brave. was before then. Well, no, before then, he was just winning championships. But this was like new guys that were coming up. Like, mm. you know, and he had the two-match stretch with The Rock. But this was the first time where it was like, okay, we've got a new guy that we want to test out against this very established star in John Cena, and John Cena wins LOL. And that happened two years running. So I wonder if that's when it was like, oh, don't put a new guy against John Cena because John Cena always buries people. Yeah, and now, because then he
5: comes back in
1: 2015 or 2016, US
5: Open Challenge, US Title Open Challenge, and now we all love him. Now we all love him. Uh, but this was an intense hatred period, yeah. and you can you can hear that in the booze when he comes oh, out.
1: but before that, we've got an amazing entrance for Bray Wyatt mm. because he's got the, 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 the person who wrote the music for it, out, and he's got this sort of Scarecrow makeup on, and everyone else in the band is wearing, like, Plagueis masks, and... It looks great. This is not hobo wizard Bray Wyatt. This is proper cult leader Bray Wyatt. And him walking out with Harper and Rowan did make... I was like, I miss this act so, so much. Yeah. I loved this group. <clears throat> it's it's so cool. That they, like... This everything... act will also be split up before the year
5: is out as mm. well, for the, for the record. Like, just from the, that opening video bit, New Orleans, we're here. <sighs> Like, what an ingenious way to get the crowd already amped up before your music even hits. You You get to say the name of the city, just like the New Day.
1: Yeah. Do you know what's funny, though? My friend uh, Ross, who wrote uh, Bob Holly's autobiography, he hated this character. Mm. And he hated this entrance with an absolute passion. Because he said, it makes no sense whatsoever. He said, because they cut to it backstage, and he's got a lantern, and he blows the candle out. And then he walks out and the lantern is lit. So why does he blow it out and then relight it? It makes no sense for him to do that. It's some, sometimes things are so cool I just look past them. That's exactly what I mm. said. I was like, yeah, but it looks cool and I do like the music. Because the
5: only way I can explain that is he blows it out, then he relights it.
1: Yeah. And then he comes out.
5: Which is a lame excuse. Yeah. yeah. But hey, that music is really I, cool. I've got to point out, though, that you did say this is great cult leader, Wyatt. Uh, Not magic, Bray. And I agree with you. But there is a bit in that video package that we just saw where John Cena is washing his face and he... (laughs) Sorry, I didn't forget. (laughs) And Ultimate Warrior style (laughs) sees a goat mask in the mirror behind him. It's Eric Rowan. And he turns round panicked. There's no one there. It's all in his
1: head but also ours because we also mm, saw it. It doesn't
5: make... Talk about things it's not a, making sense. Yeah, you're
1: absolutely right. I, I do apologise for that. That was where we, It's almost like we start to see the, the silliness of this because this does get very silly because he wins the next match, I think, in this series at the next pay-per-view. I think it's a cage match. And I think that's the one where they have, like, the kids singing and that distracts John Cena for long enough for Bray to beat him. That
5: is cool, though. That because, like, that, I remember the kids were all wearing... Cena's shirts or something. It was another way to get into Cena's head that John appeals to all the children, and Bray's trying to
1: subvert that. Yes. So it was a, it was a great idea. Yes, but then there would also. I think this is also the year where he appears as a hologram. Yes. Well, that's too funny. <laughs> Um, it's crazy how 2014 really did change the landscape of WWE. Mm. By the time 2014 is over, it does not feel like this WrestleMania is a very, very
5: different place. CM Punk's left.
1: Yeah, Brock Speed and everyone now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah, the Shield are broken up. The Wyatt family is split. Sting's here. Um, yeah, so about sting. Yeah, he comes in at Survivor yeah. Series because that's when Eric Rowan is on the babyface Survivor Series team, and Luke Harper's on their heel side of things. And Dolph Ziggler was the final survivor. He won everything uh, with the, like for the good guys, and no one lost their jobs.
5: Anyway, the the crowd are so into the Wyatt family entrance because it's awesome, but they're even more into booing John <laughs> Cena. Yeah, it's deafening.
1: This is. Classic WWE, and they sit there and be like, "We've got this amazing storyline. This John Cena character—he appeals to all the kids, and this is a—it re- makes so much sense for John Cena to play this role within this storyline—and just ignoring the fact that everyone at this WrestleMania crowd is not going to cheer him, and they're going to boo everything he does, and that then means that the match doesn't work because." John Cena is trying not to embrace the hate, and he's trying to be like, no. And he's trying to make his comeback on Bray Wyatt and be the good guy. And the crowd are booing everything he does. And the commentators are going like, John Cena's amazing. He's so great. He's brilliant. And so like sometimes you go like, I think Wyatt has got to some of the WWE universe. I've heard that some people actually quite like this Bray Wyatt, while Bray Wyatt's standing there to thunderous applause and the whole crowd chanting he's got the whole world in his hands. Waving their arms yeah, back and oh, forth. And it's just this idiotic WWE dichotomy of just like, no, 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 we are telling this story. I don't care what the crowd do. Mm. We're just going to keep telling this story.
5: Well, at least we got serious Cena uh,
1: because he looks back well, when he comes
5: out. He, lo- he looks back, I don't know who at, and just like there's a little nod, maybe it's to the camera guy. It's like I'm gonna run really fast now. You've got to keep up, Mister Vince. Yeah, thanks, boss. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm going over. <laughs> <laughs> you made the right call. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, he runs down, but he's not smiling and and slapping hands. And John Cena gets in. Cole points out that Cena's seven and three at WrestleMania.
4: Like,
5: oh, that's not that's you know that's quite a not not a definitive track record. Break could win here. And Bray brilliantly just sits on the top turnbuckle, crucially behind Luke and Rowan. Like, even his ring positioning in someone else's entrance is perfect for his gimmick. Yeah, That's why I'm so so
1: excited about his new character, because he's so good at the details. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and all, all the commentators are on Cena's side in this. Even JBL, heel JBL, is on Cena's side for for this match. Lawler is idiotically
5: like, oh, oh my the God. some of the stuff Lawler says in this yeah. match, I'm like, if you're on Cena's side, I don't want to be on that side yeah, absolutely because not. like, there's a big time feel
1: from the crowd that just before they lock up, there is a buzz, like a, like how you get in boxing matches. Because I think the crowd thought Bray's winning. Mm. I think I think everyone in the in that arena thought Bray's winning tonight, and it's going to be a big start for him, and it's going to be a big push.
5: And in the lens of history, I think we can look back and all agree that he should have won. And Bray just to start this match, Bray just walks into the middle of the ring, kneels in front of Cena, and says, "Finish me. Show me what a show me the true monster that you are." Yeah, like which is just what a fantastically psychological opening and sets up the story they're going to tell in this match. And when Bray shouts that at him, Lawler dumbly asks, what does that mean? (laughs) Like,
1: Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You are an idiot. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Bray dominates, crowd starts seeing like the whole world stuff, and every time Cena attacks they boo and like he explodes on Wyatt and Bray just like laughs and King's like, Why is he laughing? Mm. Like, because he's a bit crazy, Jerry. Try and keep up, mate. Well, no, he's... also that's just what he wants. Yes,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like Cena unleashing that fury and getting angry at the crowd, uh that makes it more intense. And that's yeah, that's what Bray's want. He's playing into Bray's hands. Yeah. And the crowd all booing cena helps that story even more because it's like they don't like him too it's getting into john's head in so many different directions and to cena's credit he really sells struggling with this idea of not unleashing this demon out of himself
1: mm. on bright and there is yeah uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the finish in, in just a second but like um King says, like, I, I like that King says that Bray is more concerned with making John mad than winning the match. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's that's the point, mm. King. Um but Cena starts to make his comeback to Thunderous Bruce, and he goes to do the fist drop, but White does the big crab walk thing, and like John's John Cena craps his pants, like literally falls down. It's it's quite comical, really. There was a banana peel in that ring. Oh, I like that. I like it. I as thought well, it was really it, cool. But it was a good it was a brilliant overselling of it mm. that I that mm. I appreciated. Um and over in here. God, it would have been incredible to win the match there. Like if yeah. Cena just walked in, Sister Abigail, and pinned him. Yeah, it'd have, have been amazing. Um, the crowd start chanting. That was creepy. So that was a fun little chant. Um, I've got to, I've got
5: I've to gotta say because some people say when the bell rings, that's when Bray Wyatt falls apart. And I, I've never bought into that because I love Bray's offense. Mm. I love how he trash talks in the ring. He's not a Daniel Bryan or a Seth Rollins or an AJ Styles calibre wrestler. But he's so good at performing. And he's actually got quite a brutish strength about him. Yeah. Like from his Husky Harris days, and he still does it that running crossbody. Mm. That looks like it would take out most people. It's just launching yeah. himself at them. And there's a there's a little bit in it where he just he get he does a normal suplex on John Cena, but instead of sending him all the way up and over, Bray stays standing and just throws John Cena across the
1: ring. I was yeah. like, that is you are so strong. Yeah. He has another spot where he does like this really creative gut buster where he just like he lifts mm. him up and just slams him all the way down onto his knee. And I was like, how that's so creative. Yeah. That's a really, yeah. really effective gut buster. It looks so painful.
5: Uh yeah, but um like they the Rowan and Harper start to get involved a lot there distracting Cena which is all part of Bray's character like that's not chicken S word heel that, it's the what you are facing the Wyatt family if you face Bray you face this entire cult including the crowd one of the many reasons why it's okay to beat people because they, they're against such odds yeah. why John should have lost and John realises this so he's up on the top rope ready to do his awful looking leg drop the leg drop a complete death uh, and out of nowhere in quite a stunning spot jumps get a lot, gets a lot of air and takes out harper and rowan on the outside yeah
1: that's a huge a move hu- and it's a big old dive he launches himself rowan catches him like an absolute champ as yeah. well
5: cena never does stuff like
1: that yeah. which made it all the more impressive
5: and bray was right outside capitalizing on this whips him into the steel steps but then cena fires back picks up the, the steel steps goes to crush bray's head but then stops himself because that would be evil and that is where you should have started to yep, ch- tell the story of Bray winning. Wyatt holds John's head in the ring like he's cradling him like a baby and starts singing, got the whole oh, world. Yeah. Uh, but, then, and, but then John fires out of nowhere, AA. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God damn it. But Wyatt kicks out. Yeah, like Okay, come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then, like Cena runs into his sister Abigail, and he kicks out of that. The crowd actually totally bought that as the finish. Well, they thought this is where it's going going to end. And then Bray goes to grab a chair, and he passes it to Cena and tells him to use it to out finish me. And again, you've got King going like, "Why did he pass in the chair?" And you've got the referee, the referee, quite goofily saying, "John, this isn't you. (laughs) Put the chair down, John. This isn't you. You're an impartial official, not a psychologist." And then we get what. We get the finish, which is where he goes to hit Rowan with the chair. And Bray Wyatt rolls him up. But Cena kicks out of that. And then he hits the AA and wins. Which was the total wrong finish to this match. Absolutely the total wrong finish. And Cole's like, he won that for the C-Nation. He stayed true to himself. I'm like, oh, no. No. It's garbage finish. But then he does run out, and there is like this group of Cena fans, these kids, and they're all wearing Plants. their Cena t shirts. And he starts hugging them, and Cole's like, And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. That's why Cena does what he does. That's why he's the best. Because kids love him. And you're all just marks booing him because you think the new toy is cool. Buzz Lightyear out here. What's wrong with Woody? It's hard to not agree when
5: he's hugging Woody what seems to be a make a wish kid at ringside yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed in C-Nation gear. But, like, you know, the heart shouldn't always rule the head. Sometimes it's good for kids to learn that their heroes are <laughs> treacherous
1: evil people. <laughs> and it's not like Cena needed to... Oh, no. It, Cena didn't need to, like, turn heel, quote-unquote. He didn't need to hit Bray with a exactly. chair. He just needed to lose. He could have stayed true to himself. He just dis- he got distracted enough... That Bray took advantage of it. Because I think this was the first match in their feud.
5: And annoyingly, you know, WrestleMania isn't used to blow off feuds. You, It starts a series of matches. It, I, For me, it is fine for John to win this overall feud. Yep. And then you, like, you know, maybe Cena does start to embrace the dark side. He struggles with himself. But ultimately, like a Johnny Gargano storyline. Yeah. Ultimately, he finds the right way and he comes out on top in the end. Which which is why Bray should win this match, this first match. It's at WrestleMania. Then he will always have, I beat Cena at WrestleMania, which which does mean more. Mm-hmm. And then Cena gets his wing back later. There's just, it is so short-sighted and, and really was the start of the Wyatt family derailing, which yep. could have been, they could have been huge. Yep, absolutely. They were been. huge. Yep.
1: And you ruined it,
5: WWE.
1: Dave Meltzer would write, the crowd wasn't that into the match. Wyatt was cheered, but nothing... Oh,
5: I, I disagree. Uh, oh, he,
1: well, he says, uh, Wyatt was cheered, but nothing like I'd figured. And Cena was booed, but it wasn't that heavy. Three and a half stars. I think that's where he was getting at. He mm. thought it was going to be like thunderous cheers for Wyatt and thunderous boos for Cena. But he thought the crowd was sort of like... Which wasn't into either guy, really. Yeah. Not as much as he figured, anyway. Um, I, th- I, th- I don't agree with that, because the crowd really were... You know, waving their arms back yeah, and forth I, I disagree uh, with Dave know. on that as well uh, Vinny V would say I said on Twitter that this was slow and went too long which caused many to tear me apart so I'm re-watching it with an open mind okay I watched it a second time and I still wasn't very impressed it was too long and they could have told the same story better in half the time sorry everyone two and a half stars yeah, it mean, could, could have benefited from being five minutes shorter, yep. maybe. Uh, and Ke- with, with Bray Wyatt winning. Absolutely. Wade Keller would say, interesting match. Not great athletically, but effective use of both characters. I wish I had a little more focus on a few crescendos with actual wrestling, and it seemed too cute half the time. But as a chapter <laughs> in the story, it worked well enough. Two and three quarter stars. God damn it.
5: <laughs> uh, oh, just a, a little bit. Uh, he didn't just hug the kid and some fans at ringside. He also hugged Rock's mum. I didn't, I didn't spot yeah. Rock's mum there, yeah. Cena's dad was there and Rock's mum. Hmm. Maybe they're dating. Maybe Rock and Cena are stepbrothers now. Oh, Do we just become best movie.
4: friends?
5: <laughs> uh, I got a, a WWE 2K14 advert after that.
1: Oh, Did okay. You? It's not It's not in the DVD version. Yeah. yeah, it's not in the DVD version. It's th- it-, th-
5: it was a throwback.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was weird seeing an... Like, what dates more
5: than old WWE games.
1: Yeah, well, VR graphics, Mm. uh, or those AR graphics, whatever they are.
6: Welcome, everyone, to the WWE Hall of Fame Induction Ceremony. Our next inductee isn't just one of the greatest ring psychologists our business had ever seen.
8: My friends, he wrote the book on it. If you can get into that ring and make a child smile, there's nothing
4: like it.
2: She was a source of encouragement, strength,
7: and inspiration to so many. She is my nemesis. She is my partner in crime. She's Lita. That just happened? How did I do all that? So I want to thank all these people that took a chance on me and saw something early
4: on.
3: Please join me in welcoming one of the greatest managers of all time, Paul Bearer, into the WWE Hall of Fame. We want to thank the whole WWE Universe for being able to share our father with all of you. Oh,
4: yes!
3: It is with much humility that I joined the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 2014. My hero, our icon, Carlitos Colon. I
6: accept. Este reconocimiento para mí es un honor. Muchas gracias.
8: Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen,
6: Reza K.O. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. He is a true WWE
4: icon and legend.
6: The Ultimate Warrior is a legend today, and he will continue to run into the hearts and minds of fans throughout generations to come.
1: So we had a recap of the Hall of Fame, which was live on the WWE Network, which was actually one of their big draws for you subscribing to the network, is not only do you get WrestleMania, you also get the Hall of Fame, because this was pre-Takeovers. Did you hear about Bret Hart, though? <laughs> <laughs> not at this one, no.
5: He got attacked, mate. Oh,
1: did he? Oh.
5: You know what, Luke? Mm-hmm. It's the end of the week when we're recording this. It's been a tough week again. Yeah. Uh, you might have realised that this is a different recording session. <laughs>
1: From the last minute. I think we're so smooth with it, though. Do you want to crack open a beer? Oh, god, on. Let's crack yeah. open a beer. Yeah. While I recap uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, so we see that this cr- class includes Jake the Snake Roberts, which made me... Uh, it's an induction that made me cry so much in his documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, when they recap that, because he was hoping for a spot in the... Royal Rumble this year, but instead got off of the Hall of Fame instead. Also inducted was Lita Paul Bearer, who his kid does a very good impression of. The Undertaker, oh Undertaker came out for the Paul Bearer thing. Mister T, who everyone made fun of. Do you remember everyone making fun of Mister T's induction no, I speech? Don't, no. He went on for ages, and it was mad oh, boring. Oh yeah, I remember this. He just wouldn't get. I, I think they had to like play him off. Oh dear, because he just kept going on and on and on.
5: Because it, no, it wasn't next year that they were like they started putting no well it was the following year after this where they were like you've got certain time limits yeah. now whereas before they kind of let people run roughshod a word that i just realized wasn't rough shot
1: yes i learned roughshod, much later in life duh, it's duh, duh, duh. yeah do you know what do you know why no i'm going off topic here <laughs> you can tell i've given up on the week uh it's <laughs> just i just want to peel back the curtain prior to this ollie said right we've got an hour and a half we need to get this finished <laughs> But talking
5: about horse hooves is more important. So uh, it's on a horseshoe, you would put the nails the other way so that the nails would go into the ground mm-hmm. to improve traction, kind of like studs, very crude studs. Hmm. So to run roughshod, uh, that was called roughshod, roughshod. Ah. To run over something like that would be to trample it to smithereens because you've got the added nails. I see. Uh, have you got a choice
1: of beer you want, by the way? I found mine. What's this one? I love this brute IPA. It's called Grand Slam. Uh, I'm going to call it Power Slam. Also inducted, Carlos Sorry, I'm still talking about the beer.
5: I feel like I've got unfinished business with this one. This oh, yeah. was the one, Boss Black, from Boss Brewing, that I couldn't have at WrestleMania. <laughs> and it is an award-winning,
1: seriously silky stout. So I'm it, going to enjoy the enjoy heckins out of it. Uh, Carlos Colon, Razor Ramon. And this was during that time. Um, and it lasted for a couple of years where you weren't allowed. You could only be inducted under the name you had in WWF. So oh. it was like Kevin Nash wasn't inducted. Diesel was inducted. Scott mm. Hall wasn't inducted. Razor Ramon. It, uh, alundra blaze was inducted, not medusa which she was much widely known as as medusa in the same way like scott hall was a much bigger impact on the wrestling world than razor ramon ever was but you had to go in under your wwf name so I, i i i agree that totally could be a
5: thing but i always thought the reason behind that was so you could get more inductions out of it you can you can uh, you can induct Diesel and you can induct Razor Ramon separately, but then you can induct Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as the, the outsiders, outsiders on a later year because they're running out of people to headline.
1: The NWO gone in uh, as a group, like as the like the trio. Now t- no, I don't think they have. That next year then. You know,
5: Hulk Hogan would have two rings then.
1: Yeah, well, Loads of other people have got them, haven't they? Um, Given them away at this point, point. and then and I loved uh, Razor Ramon's speech as well. Of yeah. like, bad times don't last forever. Or was it? No, good times don't last forever, but bad guys do. Yeah, so so good. And the ultimate warrior was their headline act.
5: Yeah. So I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Razor Ramon didn't headline, although he probably deserves to. Yeah, Scott uh, Hall. From an, an yeah, <laughs> Scott Hall. Uh, I was like, so who is the headliner? And then, yeah, Ultimate Warrior's music hit. And I was like, oh, God, this
1: is the year where he dies the next night. Yeah, yeah, where well, he dies on. Uh, yes, we died on uh, after Raw. Yeah, yeah sorry. So, so, to probably a couple. A couple yeah, of yeah, months later. Yeah, within you know, a few days. Exactly, yeah. Um, big, big shock, Undertale, uh, Undertale, under Ultimate Warrior coming back to the WWE. I never thought it would happen, to be honest with you. And I, I thought this would be one of those guys who would just never come back or never be allowed back into the company. Um, controversial figure, Ultimate Warrior, left on quite bad terms with WWE. Quite bad terms, as some some might say. Um, and then had a hilariously bad run in WCW, part of which we've covered on mm. this Wrestle Ramble Extra Odyssey for Halloween Havoc 1998. We've kind of already referenced
5: it in this podcast with uh, Eric Rowan appearing behind John Cena in the mirror.
1: That's right. Yes, yeah. we did. Um, and. Then he sort of left the world of wrestling and started doing speaking tours where he made a lot of controversial statements. I was actually reading up about this because obviously the observers got his obituary in it and mm-hmm. it has a statement in there about like his talks, which he he did apologise for. But like the point he was making was that, and it comes from an ignorant place, was just like if everyone in the world was homosexual, then the human race would die out not thinking about how the fact that that's just not the case really, is it? Mm. It's, so it was it's a, place, a place of ignorance. Interesting thought experiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but WWE released a hit piece on him, uh, the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, which I remember at the time thinking was the best documentary they'd ever done because I bought into everything they said in it. Mm. I was just like, I thought the company was telling the truth. Do you know they made one for Bret Hart?
5: Did they ever release it? No, they Ah, did not. They recorded
1: loads of interviews with it. Hulk Hogan did like a massively long interview burying Bret Hart. I bet he did. Roddy Piper released one as well, which Bret was really upset about because they were really good friends. Mm. And it wasn't until Bret... Came back into the company that they stopped it and then released the actual Bret Hart documentary that they ended up releasing in like 2005 or whatever it was. But yeah, they were fully planning on the self destruction of Bret the Hitman Hart. What a horrible company. It's, it's <laughs> funny because so this, the latest Observer has paragraph upon paragraph about the Montreal screw job. Mm. And uh, Belzer was talking about in that the myth that the reason Vince did what he did is because Brett was going to show up on Nitro the next night with the belt. And despite the fact that's factually incorrect and would have been proven the fact 24 hours later when Brett didn't show up on Nitro even without the belt, that it was contractually... That that, that could never have happened. He couldn't have... In fact, Bischoff stopped Brett's yeah. contract for a month and a half so he could stay till the next pay-per-view and drop the belt then. And... Um, And it's just funny because they were talking about that Bret Hart documentary they were doing and the Bret Hart's manager was in the like going into the to Titan Towers to talk about the documentary and things like that. And Shane welcomed him in and was like, hey, you know, we're really sorry about Montreal, but my dad had no option. Like Brett was going to go show up on Nitro the following night. And like the manager was like eight years later. And that myth has just become fact in this company.
5: That's wrestling. That's that's that era of wrestling. They just tell so many lies. They don't know what's real and what isn't. They probably
1: believe that's the case. Absolutely. They've convinced themselves that's it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Howard Finkel comes out on stage and he introduces all of them. Um, (laughs) Carlos has done some gigging in his time, hasn't he? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's had a couple of late jobs, I reckon. One or two, I'd I'd say. Oh,
5: Yeah, and Carlito. Carlito wasn't out there for this. Mm. Uh, but when you said that Carlito's done some jobs, I thought you meant, because this was the era where Carlito was on every British indie wrestling <laughs> show.
1: And he was also here inducting his dad yeah. on the Hall of Fame ceremony. But yeah, he wasn't out there for this bit. A huge pop for Lita as well. Uh, Hall gets a good reaction. And I was expecting a bigger pop for Ultimate Warrior. Hmm. Like, I can almost hear Hogan in the back going like, still can't get a bigger pop for me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah Hogan was over he was over at this point I mean he's still over to this day like he came out for WrestleMania 35 and got like one of the best reactions of the whole show Mm. people were just willing to forgive Hogan uh, so, yeah, uh, on April 8th at 5.50pm, 54-year-old warrior James B. Helwig collapsed while walking with his wife to their car at the Ganey Suites Hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, said Sergeant Mark Clark of the Scottsdale Police Department. The Scottsdale Fire Department transported him to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead soon after arrival. At this point in the investigation, it appears as though a catastrophic medical condition caused his death. hmm Dave would say in The Observer, the timing was spooky and the vision of him as the main eventer in the WWE Hall of Fame coming out with his two younger daughters, talking to his wife and mother in the front row and telling them how much he loved them. He was introduced at WrestleMania the next day. One day later, he delivered what will be remembered as his farewell interview on Raw. However, he did have a premonition about dying young. People who dealt with him said he only spoke, uh, he spoke openly about what he did and the chemicals he used to become the ultimate warrior. He matter-of-factly said in recent months that he believed he would die young. His father and grandfather died in their 50s and he would outright say that the drugs he took would probably take years off his life. He also succinctly said without prompting that he didn't regret doing what he did because without doing it, there wouldn't have been an ultimate warrior. It's an interesting way to look at things. I always I always see the the
5: Ultimate Warrior's death and how close he was with Sting, and by the end of this year, Sting would be in, in the WWE yeah. and something that everyone always thought would never happen. So you've got to think Ultimate Warrior dies. How does that affect Sting's mindset for thinking, you know what? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Life's too short. Let's do a WWE thing. Absolutely. That and 2K Games. Yeah. 2K Games really are like, they're the actual like bridge builders for WWE. Mm. They reach out to wrestlers that have bad terms with WWE and be like, hey, do you want to be in the game as a DLC? We'll pay you all this money. And then WWE are like, mm, people are interested. Yeah, it's a proxy. <laughs> uh, we see Daniel Bryan is being looked at backstage because he's got an owie arm. Uh, we get a hype video for New Orleans with Michael Cole saying he's eaten loads of gumbo. What is gumbo? It's like a soup, I think. Yeah? Yeah.
5: Doesn't sound like it should be a soup. Okay, let's Google it. sounds that. like a gumbo, jumbo.
1: It's going to be big, surely. Oh, yeah, it's a big old. Well, I, I think of it. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a soup. Uh, gumbo is a Creole dish popular in the U.S. state of Louisiana. It is an official state dish. Gumbo consists primarily of strong flavored stock, meat, or shellfish, a thickener, and what Louisiana's called the holy trinity of vegetables, namely celery, bell peppers, and onions. Wow.
5: What a state you are, Louisiana. <laughs> The holy trinity of vegetables. (laughs) Bell pepper, celery, and and onions. onions. (laughs) Depression-fueled innovation, it seems. Those those are depression-era vegetables. Maybe not
1: the bell pepper. It's quite exotic. Hey, man. Prohibition was hard on everyone. (laughs) Uh, But coming up next, it is the match that this pay-per-view might be best known Mm. for. It is The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar.
8: For over two decades, it has been the lone constant in WWE. The one true certainty at WrestleMania. The streak.
6: The Phenom! The Prince of Darkness!
8: It is a standard that has no equal.
6: The defeated at WrestleMania!
8: 21 times the very best tempted fate. 21 times. They have failed, all victims of the ultimate seduction, to be the one to end it all. Legends, giants, champions, icons, have all crashed upon the rocks of this irresistible temptation. Their mangled bodies piling up with each passing year. Is there no man who can defeat this Collector of Souls?
2: Obviously, the answer is no. But what about a heartless, ruthless barbarian, mastering in cruelty and fueled by rage? Beast, a beast incarnate whose natural instinct is to inflict pain. The affirmation he seeks is your contempt, your disgust, your disdain, who lives by the mantra, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. No one will ever forget what he's about to do. Twenty one and Wild. one and then the smallest number becomes the biggest He is the he one. is the one Rock rock Lesnar Lesnar all good things do indeed come to an end It's kind of pathetic really. The Last Rite of a Celebrated Career.
7: 21
2: and 1! Street dies! Street's over! Street's over! Eat, sleep, conquer, repeat.
1: The Streak. Great video package there. So, so good. And there's one true certainty in WWE, The Streak. It's This is, you know, the monster video package with Daniel Bryan. Very good.
5: I might prefer this video package. Same here, bud. Just because the Paul Heyman, it's almost white noise how good he is. Because he's so good all the time, it's not worth saying. Hmm. But this was really peak Paul Heyman as Brock Lesnar's advocate in the modern era. Yeah. And you just, he rattles through all of these catchphrases he came up with. The one in, in 21, 21 and 1. one. Eat, sleep, sleep conquer, conquer the re- streak. Yeah, oh, repeat, repeat. But he uh, adapted it for this the, with the streak. It was a walking catchphrase machine. Yeah. And all of them got over. Suplex, well, Brock said suplex silly in yeah. a match and that yeah i just um yeah and it's fantastic, it's a
1: great great video as well because like it's talking about the streak and there's clips of all of those that try to beat him like they even showed boss man in that hell in the cell which yeah. they very rarely do <laughs> they never bring that one up and like he truly is superhuman and is there any one man who can beat the collector of souls and Heyman says the answer is no but what about a heartless ruthless barbarian Heyman's so good in this it's like build this whole myth and then you cut to Heyman just going like what a lovely fairy tale Mm. now let me tell you what's really going to happen and in the with the power of hindsight this video package really does set up the fact by the way The Undertaker is losing here
5: yeah because I I didn't buy into this at all this was this was at the climax really of me going yeah but they're never going to beat The
1: Undertaker yeah at at this point when they were like 21 matches in you're like they're never going to they're never going to do it
5: the Undertaker's only got two more years left than him, surely. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the Observer. Don't you yeah. worry. And it's just like I-, I thought. Even him putting over a younger guy wouldn't be the right decision. But my my opinion at that time mm. was. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Looking at it now, that it's it's a more effective video package in hindsight. Uh, and th- another one. Sorry, didn't say spoiler yeah
1: spoiler warning another classic paul Heyman line yeah because they even i'm guessing they got michael cole in to record him shouting the streaks over streaks over because it has michael cole was talking about how the streak has Mm. ended in this video package michael cole would repeat those words more or less verbatim at the end of this match it's almost like it's a work brother absolutely um or is it a work well oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's ask Paul Heyman, shall we? Um, a we- feud he never paid off on. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Well was a follow-up to that, Paul. <laughs> um I will say though that as cool as Brock is, and I love his entrance music, he does look a touch silly in that little beanie though.
5: Oh, I've written down the complete opposite. Brock comes out looking awesome with all these sponsorship deals on his shorts and beanie. He looks freaking great. No, the shorts are cool. The beanie's bad. I just, it, it makes him look different to everyone else. He's got a different aura about him and just, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. I can mm.
1: see why you wouldn't like the beanie. Yeah. The beanie's the, you could go. But I, I <laughs> love I the like shorts them. and I like the presentation and I think Heyman yeah. Hay- and Lesnar is peanut butter and jam. It mm. just. Works so, so well. And I don't think Heyman has glued with anyone as well as he has with uh, maybe Punk, actually. The, the partnership we had with yeah. Punk was really, really good because they played off each other so well. Ryback. Oh, and Curtis Axel, obviously, yeah. like, you know, made them superstars, mega stars, you might say. Ryback and Heyman was actually very good value for money
4: mm.
5: when, when he was like almost erotically <laughs> into
1: Ryback. Oh, didn't he propose to him at one point? It, was, it, it,
5: got, it went to yeah. some weird places.
1: Oh. Yeah, JBL's putting over how good Brock is saying he's a three time WWE champion a former IWGP champion he won the UFC title on his third fight it really puts over how awesome Brock Lesnar is and why this company takes him as seriously as they do meanwhile Michael Cole
5: is putting over Diet Dew the only diet with Dew in it Dew Dew <laughs> in it yeah Dew. Yeah. Did I misspeak? No. No, no dew. Yeah, it just sounds like yeah
1: another word. Yes, you're yes. you're absolutely yeah yeah. Uh, King says that if Brock, if it's possible that Brock can beat the Undertaker, then Paul Heyman will be the best manager of all time. You can even see Undertaker guys shouting at Lesnar before the match.
5: It's weird seeing him there. Yeah. I
1: know. I spotted him earlier in the night, but it's even weirder seeing him here. Knowing, like, like shouting at Brock Lesnar and knowing what's coming in, like, 20-odd minutes. When
5: we say Undertaker guy, we mean the
1: bulging eyes, shock, the streak is over face reaction guy. I think everyone knows who Undertaker guy yeah. is. It's like saying Miz Girl. Everyone knows who Miz Girl is.
5: D- do they call him Undertaker guy?
1: I think they call him Street Guy, though. Oh, I've always known him as Undertaker guy. Undertaker guy. Like Brock could guy. Be <laughs> could be Kane. Could be Big entrance for the Undertaker. Loads of clips and images of all the people he's beaten, including like shots of caskets mm. all lined up, which are on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bit, bit weird with uh, having one for Big Boss Man, considering that he is dead. Mm. And uh, but it's you know I know it's yeah it I know. Good. But it's uh, I like it. It does seem like it's hokey, but it sort of works that they've mm. got the twenty-second casket there with Brock Lesnar's name on it. And it opens. And it is like it could be seen as so lame and trite and goofy. But I was like, nah I'm into it. I like it.
5: Well, yeah, I um I yeah. I think you just have the final Brock Lesnar coffin already open, doesn't have to open by itself. And what happens is, you know, it opens by itself. Ooh. Mechanics. Ooh, <laughs> clockwork stuff. And Undertaker comes out. He gets a little bit down the ramp, turns round. That f- that coffin bursts into flames. I would have preferred the coffin to already be open and then it just bursts into flames and then Undertaker comes out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is pretty campy. Yeah, it's Undertaker. I'm just trying is- to bring back the campiness a little bit. Yeah.
1: Um, right, so... This match is very boring. Yeah. This is a... I don't think that's a hot take, that this is a very bad match. And Undertaker got concussed very early on, Mm. which I think is part of the problem.
5: Oh, hugely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's also just... It it goes nowhere. Like It's like Lesnar-Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. This is our second podcast in a row now Mm. where we've got to talk about a boring Brock Lesnar match that goes 20 minutes.
5: I don't know how... I'd, I'd really be curious to know how they laid out this match. Uh, obviously, they would have a lot of big spots planned, but I'd definitely imagine Taker's the guy here who is the ring general. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Brock was just like, I'm with Taker in the ring. I'm just going to be super respectful because they definitely do respect each other oh, yeah, backstage. Yeah. I'll just, you know, do what he says. But then for that guy... To get concussed and knock loopy. And he looks loopy yeah, a lot.
1: It really does. Like, for a,
5: it happens, I'm pretty sure it happens in the first four minutes. Yeah. I'll tell you the spot. But then you've got 60, it's a long match. You've got 16 more minutes of him also looking loopy, doesn't recover. So Brock just goes back to, uh, I'll do a suplex. Yeah. I'll do some strikes in the corner. Yeah. And it's just that kind of tired. Well, not tired, but repetitive offense that never really goes anywhere. Yeah. And then there's a finish. Whatever, whatever plan they had for this match did not happen. I, I imagine this was a fantastically laid out match. Because Taker's coming off of two
1: Shawn Michaels matches and two Triple H matches. Oh, yeah. Four. And uh, CM Punk. Yes. The year previous. Yeah, the year previous. was on like a five year. And all the ones he had with Edge and Batista as well. I would say he had a good like seven-year stretch of Definitely. like match of the nights WrestleMania moments, match of the year, match of the year, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: Particularly those those last five, mm-hmm. the Sean, Triple H, and Punk ones. Uh, so this was, yeah, I, I imagine every top agent and the brilliant the brilliant mind of Taker was on this, yeah, and it just went, it just went bad. Yeah, this really, is real
1: shame. This is the start of. The streak of bad Undertaker matches at WrestleMania, because the next year we get Bray Wyatt. I think yeah. then it's um, Roman. I think no, it was Roman Triple. It was uh, Triple H Roman that year. It was oh, it was Shane. It was the Hell in a Cell, oh, of course. which was all smoke and mirrors when Shane came yeah. back. Then it's um, then it's Roman, and then Cena last year, and then he wasn't at this year's. Mm. And that Cena one was like he was out there for a minute and a half. It was all about the entrance, and that was yeah. it. All that build. For a squash match, mm-hmm. it's almost like it was pointless. Anyway, we'll talk about this one though. Uh, but I did like um, JBL on commentary putting over the idea that Undertaker has beaten every member of Evolution at WrestleMania. And I think that's a re- mm. that like that. I was like, that's a wonderful bit of commentary. I was like, Flair? like, yeah, Flair. When did he beat Flair at WrestleMania X Eight? Is it? That I think he beat him. Undertaker. Yeah. Oh wow. It's a
5: hole in my knowledge
1: because I think it's um, on a second wrestle. I can't tell. it's got the micro in the way. X eight because that's the one where uh, Flair goes to do the pipe shots and he misses him wildly, but Undertaker still comes up like all gigs. Um, yeah, and the Undertaker beat Ric Flair. No disqualification match. Oh, oh no! A sneeze just oh, went away. Oh, oh, I saw, I oh, saw that game, man. I felt well, bad for you.
5: Uh, Well, uh, that's is, that is an interesting fact. I just assumed JBL was incorrect. <laughs> uh, not the first. I thing. thought it was a
1: great call, and yeah. then um, yeah, uh, f- we may as well just go to the finish on this one because where you well, well talk about talk about the spot where he gets concussed.
5: So I think it starts out pretty damn interesting. Big heavy square up to each other. Uh, like it feels reminiscent of the UFC stare down, which happened like four years before, back when Brock wasn't in WWE. It was only you want to go in MMA? Yeah, and that that was big.
1: Was the, that I was to that was to set up these matches. Yeah, uh,
5: and it felt it had that element of realism and big time feel. Even though a coffin just opened by itself and set on fire, I was still here going, "It's gonna be a real fight." Yeah, you know, I was I bought into it,
1: and I remember when they were doing this, and I was like, "That'll never happen, though." Will yeah. It?
5: Uh, And then Brock clotheslines Taker over the top rope from the get-go, but Taker lands right on his feet and just looks up. No selling. I was like, that is so cool. And then, you know, a few big strikes, leg drop on the apron. And then, uh, you know, near F5 bit, uh, Brock selling of the choke slam, where he's in the choke hold. He's like, ah, ah,
4: ah.
5: (laughs) It's really good. But then, outside, four minutes in, it seems like... They're side to side, and it looks like Taker's going for a side Russian leg sweep. Mm. I don't think he is, because when has he ever done that? Uh, And he sort of loses his balance. So Brock presumably improvises and just shoves him to the ground, but Taker's arm is also kind of wrapped around Brock, so he can't protect himself, and he just goes right down on the ground and snaps his head back. Yeah. Is that is that where you think? Oh, they said
1: it was like an, as, uh, during a takedown spot, so that would make sense.
5: That's I watched it back and I read around, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the general consensus. Yeah. but no,
1: that isn't official. Yeah, it's. Just, I think that's when people think it happened. Yeah,
5: but then yeah, like Taker is just down. He He's just glassy
1: eyed for the rest of this. Like he said, and uh, apparently that he doesn't remember a single thing about this match.
5: That's scary. Yeah, and it's just Brock working over Taker with boring strikes. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's tough to watch. Uh, there's an F five kick out in there. It gets, it's it's actually more surprisingly back and forth than I remember.
1: I think there is that period that, that the middle portion of this match where it is just Brock working over Taker to the, a very quiet crowd. The crowd dies very yeah. quickly in this when they realize it's just Brock working him over for so long. But then it does, it kind of gets into an, a second gear when, like, after that F5 kick out and Taker gets in the Hell's Gate and crowds start popping for some of these moments. And then, like, he picks him up and slams him back down. Then they're back into their Hell's Gates. And you've got Paul him on the outside screaming, You're Brock Lesnar. You get out of this right now. And, like, Lesnar pounds him up and slams him down again. And, um,. Yeah, JBL's talking about how, like, uh, you know, Undertaker's not been on his feet for five minutes at this point. He's, yeah. just, like, he's been in submissions, but both of them have been from the back. It's good commentary from JBL. Like, yeah, I think yeah. he's he's yeah, trying here. Uh, then Lesnar gets in the Kimura. Taker gets an armbar of his own, but Lesnar gets to the ropes.
5: I miss the Kimura.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the suplexes now. They had to stop that, didn't they? Because they put it over too much that it breaks people's arms. Yeah, so. yeah.
5: Oh no! We've got to move over. Too strong.
1: <laughs> Run away from Run it. <laughs> Let's not do that anymore. And my what? This is my favorite spot of the match actually, which is when Undertaker goes up for old school, and it feels like he's about to make his comeback, and Lesnar just drags him into an F five. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. And then he, he, Undertaker kicks out from that. Um, and then but, gets, but, but getting
5: up onto the ropes, like, yeah. Taker looked drunk. Oh, yeah, and I, I mean, maybe, maybe he's selling. Like I, I don't know how much benefit to give him, but
1: if to he, me, it, if he's saying he doesn't remember a thing about this match, I wouldn't say it's selling.
5: It's just I've seen Take sell yeah. quite a lot, uh, actually. Not, you know, not as much other guys, but he he
1: does sell that two thousand two thousand one <laughs> period where he just he wasn't selling at all. I'm, all, not, I'm not taking bumps, pal. Or the early nineties, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all, all
5: that, the live long yeah, day, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like here, he's, I've never seen him sell like that. Yeah. He looked
1: loopy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's quite, it is quite something. And um, uh, sorry, I just lost myself in my notes I'll here. I'll catch um, you out.
5: I'll catch you up. Uh, a few German suplexes from Brock. Not Take sure it those
1: up. are wise with the concussion.
5: No, but okay. it's easy to, it's easy to look from now and like not in the moment when you're around seventy-five thousand yeah. people.
1: I think the scariest part of this, in the terms of the undertaking concussion, is when he tries to do the last ride. Mm. And he is. There is no way he's lifting this man. Like he barely gets him up onto his shoulders. Yeah. He he power bombs him from like chest height essentially. He just drops him.
5: Yeah. And it was off a turnbuckle. Yeah. yeah as well. So it's the, it's it's the Triple the, H finish the, that yeah, they did at the X Seven. Yeah.
1: Um. But Brock
5: kicks out of uh, Tombstone Power Driver. Double down. Taker sits up. Taker goes for another Tombstone Power Driver. But Lesnar reverses it into a third F five. So F fifteen for all those keeping count that's your finish
1: it's so fascinating to watch the crowd at the finish and i am of the impression that everything that happens after this is all done by design the no music being played the graphic being wrong the graphic going up late the commentators going quiet Heyman selling it like it was the biggest shock ever you know lesnar laughing I think it's all done by design to make you think it was a mistake.
5: Or or just that it's such a shock, even the production weren't uh prepared for mm. it. Uh yeah, potentially, but then you hear most of the reports and interviews with people, no one genuinely knew what was gonna happen. It was no. only Paul, Vince, and Brock, and the referee was just told, call it like it's a shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So even the referee didn't know the finish. He just knew to count pins as three counts yeah
1: because there's a moment where he hesitates on that three and that's the one that that hayman talks about because Heyman uh did an int- he was on a kenny mcintosh uh, inside the ropes a talk fantastic event so great and he's talking about like what if brock lesnar decided i'm not going to do wrestling today i'm going to go in there and have a fight i i am going to break the streak because i know i can and, yeah, he plays it up like it was a legit shoot. And Brock wasn't supposed to win that night. He went against the script. We did a whole video about it that was meant to have more stuff with uh, Heyman in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, days gone by. <laughs> <laughs> you know, It was it was fun for that one week. We'll forgive him. Yeah, we'll, well forgive him. Absolutely. Seems, if I ever met awesome. him, I would forgive him. Yeah, I don't think he'll remember. <laughs> I <I'd, him>. absolutely <laughs> wouldn't. Um, but, yeah, it's the... The shots of the crowd reacting, you can hear some people already chanting BS.
5: The, and- the like it's the the three count happens. It's like silence and then boo like a wall of booze. But over that you can just hear Heyman screaming in celebration. You did it. You yeah. did it, yeah. It's great. Heyman's
1: fantastic in this. Absolutely. And you get uh, Undertaker guy with his big bulging eyes. Just mm. so, so many shots of the crowd all looking stunned because 70,000 people, <laughs> just like those two in Maidenhead with uh, a woman who would later become one of their wives, everyone thought Undertaker was winning. There's no way they're having Brock Lesnar beat the streak.
5: I, so you get the famous reaction shot guy.
1: And I really, like, it's a great shot. It's
5: iconic, weirdly. Like, imagine being that guy. <laughs> uh, that's what you're known for now. I
1: think he does conventions. Does he really? Yeah, and people just get do the do the face. Exactly. Yeah, people have their photo <laughs> taken. He wears the t-shirt, and then like he'll just pose next to them. Do the big eyes. That is
4: niche.
5: <laughs> but and and but I kind of blame him for being so good that that's influenced cutting to crowds all the time now by Kevin Dunn because they you do get I'd I'd say there's been five memorable I can't list them but there's been a, probably at least five memorable reaction shots
1: like that but the hundreds of other ones are just people looking at their phone or laughing there's one person they cut to and here yeah. looking at his phone yeah because he was probably reacting 5 seconds earlier but they cut to him too late and he's now just looking at and his he's phone he's looking at twitter
5: to see what other people are saying yeah
1: yeah it's it's i i yeah crowd reaction shots can be good when you sparingly but they use them all the chuff in time yeah. um commentators just go silent jbl finally says that he's the greatest fighter he's ever known what a man this is his exact quote Thank you. Take your chance. that starts to get a little bit louder, but you could hear, and this did make me laugh because you could, there's these chance of thank you. Taker, But you can hear one man who's cleaning next to the camera who just shouts, "You suck, Undertaker!" <laughs> and then there's a pause, and he goes, "Boom!" <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work. All the cra- all the commentators give him a standing ovation. They milk this for everything that's everything it's worth. Like this goes on. This this uh, this post match lasts longer than the Divas match.
5: It's a and, like, it's deserving, but it's deserving in the arc of time. But for this night and that match, I'm just, I'm not really sitting there, even at the time, I'm not sitting there going, God, take her. I'm like, what the, what a crap match. And why did you end the streak? Yeah. So I'm, I, I never really got to have a satisfying thank you, take a moment. But I it's guess sexy yeah. strip tease was my.
1: Well, that's what he should have been, shouldn't it? But that's the problem, I think, with Undertaker. And I, I, I say it's Undertaker. I think it's Vince not wanting to let it go, just it won't let him have his last ride, so to speak, mm. and and sort of go off into the sunset. The amount of retirement angles we've seen the Undertaker do—not angles, but where he has retired and be like, "That's it. I've left my. I've left everything in the ring. I'm off now. I've, I've broken kayfabe. I'm doing this." And then he's just back the following year doing the same shtick again. It's back again this year doing the same shtick. Like Vince, and the only reason he's back now is because he agreed to do Starcast. If he, if he, and signed on to do Starcast, Undertaker would not be. He wouldn't have been on Raw after Mania. I, I, that, that, that's where I'm yeah. thinking. Right, so let's get into this finish because there are a ton of notes from the Observer. Uh, there are conflicting reports and messages on how many people knew what was going to happen when Undertaker got in the ring, possibly for the last time. Bear in mind, this was written in 2014. <laughs> uh, it was reported here that a few a few years back when Undertaker and Lesnar first talked about doing the angle for this match at WrestleMania 27, that Undertaker said he want, uh, would want to put Lesnar over and that would likely build for a rematch, but it wasn't set in stone. With the knowledge of that, which we reported during the build-up, many figured it was un- Undertaker who made the call. That was not the case. From the day the match was announced until uh, March 31st at least the finish everyone thought would happen was going to be what was going to happen which was Undertaker going over. Mm. What happened after that was fuzzy. Only a few people knew before Sunday. If the ref himself wasn't told before the match, that tells you it was probably Vince McMahon who made the call, Undertaker who had to agree, Lesnar who had to know in advance, and Paul Heyman. I would presume Stephanie and Triple H knew, but it ended with that. None of the agents knew. The actual script for the show did not have a finish listed, but for this show, that wasn't unusual, nor was it the only match like that, so there were no red flags. Whether Undertaker does another match or not, Hmm. we're in, it in 2014 Vince McMahon was going on the assumption that this was his last hurrah and he could either win or lose McMahon chose the idea that it's always better to lose on your way out because that's the common wrestling mentality one person close to the situation said McMahon talked Undertaker into doing it another who would also know described it as McMahon making the call and Undertaker agreeing and that he wasn't talked into doing something he didn't want to do it's not his original call but he, uh, it was not his original call but he was not into it and never protested the call he was never in on it and never protested the call. At some point during the match, Mark Calloway suffered a, se- a severe concussion. The match wasn't very heated and it was worse because he went blank and was having to be led through. Nobody knows the exact spot because it, when it was over, Calloway didn't remember or have any memory of most of the match. Jeez. But he did know enough not to kick out at the key moments. At first, the announcers didn't know what to do. The graphic wasn't ready right away, nor was the music ready. The delay made fans maybe think it was a mistake. The announcers were then given the cue by McMahon to talk about him as if this was a legendary gunfighter's last fight and talk of it like we've seen The Undertaker for the very final time. Calloway legitimately was rushed to hospital in an ambulance. Vince McMahon, even though there were two matches left in the show, including the main event, left with him to the medical center where uh, where after a CT scan, he was diagnosed with a severe concussion and kept overnight." There were many people in the company very unhappy about the call but couldn't say so publicly. But man thought, and was probably correct, that there was no more streak matches left and he may have really had, and he may only really have one good match left in his body. At this point, it's just a call. Do you end the storyline in a shocking way or a predictable way? From a business standpoint, if he was never going to come back for another streak match, neither decision was better than the other.
4: Hmm.
5: I mean, the, one of the things that always stands out to me in that story is that Vince went to the hospital with Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And it's that he's such a fascinating guy, Vince. And he's so easy to make fun of and say you're an evil guy who treats his performers like crap. But this is the biggest night of the year. He's got so much responsibility to be there, but he chose the human over the business. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's that it's quite staggering. Yeah. I've, that he would do that.
1: I've always found one of the most fascinating things about wrestlers interviews post being in WWE is how many of them and it's not like a small group, it's many of them will say that they saw Vince McMahon as a father figure. And it and it is like Kurt Angle would say like he was more of a father to me than my own father was. And Shawn Michaels has said that, and Brett has said that, and all of these people have said, like, yeah, no, Vince is like a father figure to a lot of guys in the back. And it's because I'd imagine moments like this where he left the show to go and be with Undertaker because he knew how badly he was. During that match, how badly he was hurt. And you've seen clips of The Undertaker at WrestleMania since, where after the match, he can't walk. And they have to, like, get the card out and, like, drive him around in a golf buggy because he literally cannot, mm. like, walk in. He can walk. He'll walk as far as the gorilla position and then fall down. And it is just. It's kind of. It's it's almost sad, a little bit, really. Yeah. It really is. Um, would you like some reviews though What would you have given it a star, racing wise? Oh, man.
5: Uh. Well, for for me, I, I struggle to separate the in-ring match with the logic behind the booking and whether that was a good idea or not. I guess I, I totally see the argument that it was a good idea for Brock to end the streak. Um,
1: Considering what happens afterwards.
5: Yeah. From my opinion, terrible idea. Still think it was a terrible idea. The, the, the other ways to get to what you needed to do and it would have been far more effective as a company overall... Uh, And it was a crap match, so, like, two stars.
1: Yeah. I think you're more praising than other people were. Uh, Dave Meltzer would say, The announcers pushed the idea that he was going up for the final time like it was a sense of finality, star and a half. Vinny V would write in the figure four uh, perhaps you've heard about this one uh, well perhaps well however, new- well, however newsworthy it may have been it wasn't very good whether that's because Taker is broken or perhaps because he suffered a concussion somewhere in the early going or whatever the reaction of the fans to the finish were better than anything that happened in the match itself Undertaker tried to milk the crowd reaction as much as possible after the match but never really got it I think because it took the crowd a good 15 minutes to accept what they had just seen yeah. the chance for Taker's name didn't really start in earnest <clears throat> until the middle of the next match in fact during one Lull in the cheers you can clearly hear one guy booing and telling Undertaker that he sucks <laughs> uh, that was sad honestly for historical purposes this is must see stuff one of the biggest wins of the past decade or more but that doesn't mean it was particularly good star and a quarter and Wade Keller would say the rating is raised just for the finish because it was so stunning although it's too bad that Taker Streak ended with a mediocre match where I know I was more concerned with Taker's well being several times mm. than the enjoyment of getting wrapped up in the match two and a half stars
5: Just imagine if their SummerSlam match was here. Yeah, absolutely. Without all the... Punch-in-the-dick stuff. <laughs> yeah. Got no time for
1: punches in the dick. That's Brock's weakness. We, we know that, face. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all, Heyman, surely. is like, well, that's the only way you can put the beast out. <laughs> uh, we get a bit of a change of pace. Uh, the WrestleMania 31 promo is played. Mm. And this is where they started to debut the new WWE logo.
5: Was it really?
1: Yeah, because you notice on this show, it's still the Scratch logo.
5: I didn't realize that. Yeah, but yeah you're the right. new
1: sharper one came in with the network. But they, they phased out the Scratch yeah. logo on TV, sort of how like we're doing with WrestleTalk. We haven't quite brought in all the new logos we're yet. We're one graphic away <laughs> from full assimilation. Uh, we get a plug for Kid Rock Celebrate. I seem to remember him doing a performance on this show, but I must have made that up.
5: He's. I feel like Kid Rock's done so many performances throughout the years. There's definitely one whether it was thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, we've reviewed one of them, and it went on
1: forever. ever. Yeah, yeah. I know we definitely reviewed one of them, which is twenty-five. Is that twenty-five? Yeah. yeah, with all the um, all the divas came out, yeah. and I thought two of them, I thought some of them had been cloned because they all look the same. But there's
5: there's a later one where everyone in the audience said it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, but from watching
1: at home, it was boring. <laughs> Uh, cut back to the commentators with Cole saying he was thankful to be able to call the Undertakers uh, call his final match essentially that's what he, kind of the way he's putting it and he sounds genuinely choked up and it really does feel like the last match ever but speaking of changes of pace and a match that had <laughs> no chance in the aftermath of that
5: Go to the toilet, folks. It is
1: the Vicky Guerrero Divas Invitational. All of a sudden, there's loads of women in the ring. Mm. Like, it is filled. And I've paused it to see if I can name who's in there. Ooh,
5: this will be fun. So
1: here's how many I managed to name.
5: This is the only women's match on the show, isn't it? Yeah. There's not a single other woman anywhere else on the card.
1: Michael Cole says, One of the most stunning facts I've ever heard about WrestleMania. This title has been around since 2008 and this is the first time it's ever been defended at WrestleMania cut it's 6 years that's insane
5: well you know there's there's bigger things to fry like uh, <laughs> snooki
1: snooki and stuff <laughs> yeah Yeah, there's loads. So I paused it, and this is how many people I could name from the still frame that I had. I saw Eva Marie, Natalia, Cameron, Emma, Summer Rae, Tamina, and Naomi. And then later on, I I spotted Alicia Fox and uh, the Bellas. But there are a few of them that I have absolutely a scooby-doo who they are. Did you say Emma? Yeah.
5: Yeah, she is is not the Emma... (laughs) That I associate with now when I think of Emma Lena. No, but she when is I,
1: pasty. Yeah, but when I, I... This is the Emma that I fell in love with. This yeah. was the NXT Emma yes. with, the, with the dance and everything. that I, I remember saying at the time, that's going to get over like wildfire on the main roster. I thought, I thought the same. Yeah. 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 Um, right, so this is a 14 woman match. It's not a battle royal. It is a match. There's just 14 women in it. And it's the first person to get a pinfall. Vicky Guerrero does the excuse me gimmick and... Um, AJ Lee is the only one who gets an entrance. She's the Divas Champion. She's been champion for like, I don't know, four years at this point of something <laughs> ludicrous. And her music is horrendous.
5: Oh, I, I don't mind I hate it. her music.
1: I love her look. Love her look. I think AJ had a really good, she had star presence about her. Wrong era for AJ Lee. She was she was in the wrong period totally, of time yeah. for, for women's wrestling. Uh, a lot of the current era really look up to AJ Lee. She seems
5: yeah. quite friendly with uh, a lot of the people who were NXT back then, but yeah. would go on to become the, the cream of the crop. Now, I mean,
1: really, her and Paige were the the two that yes. really pushed forward the give divas a chance. I know the Bellas will take a lot of credit for it, but I it really was uh, AJ and uh, Paige that were pushing for it massively on the main roster. Right. So I guess AJ and Tamina are friends. Yeah, that's up how on this that.
5: starts off. So that all the women in the ring, AJ's in the middle, and they surround her. And it's like AJ and Tamina back to back ready to f- fight them all. Yeah. And then the commentary say, yep, Tamina's AJ's only proper friend. And I was like, Tamina? <laughs> is that Tamina? And then they call her a protector?
1: Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Crowd start chanting for Undertaker. It's about my first note. This is horrendous. Mm. This is very, the Bellas catch, I've written, they catch someone other than Scooby-Doo who they caught. And they do the worst double gut buster I've ever seen Mm. in my life. They, they, all three of them just fall down. I've no idea what happens.
5: (laughs) There's a, there's a spot, I mean, I haven't written down much. uh, There's a spot where both Bellas do stereo dives outside onto six women. Yeah. And they all fall down like how... A
1: fence would fall
5: over. (laughs) It's so lame and low
1: impact and just rubbish. Do you know how bad this match is? Lawler talks about what he's tweeting. Even Jerry Lawler doesn't care about this match. He just wants to shout puppies. Yeah. He does say at one point that his eyes are having a pleasure overload, but it was such a forced line. It was like someone <laughs> said to him, it was like, Jerry, will you say a Jerryism? And he was like, Ah, uh, my eyes are having an orgasm. Enter objectify mode. <laughs>
5: Uh, but it's because the crowd don't care. First of all, the crowd were never going to care about this match, regardless of the quality of the previous one or if Undertaker's streak was broken. But because it was a bad match
1: beforehand and Taker's streak was broken,
5: they were completely
1: deflated. Yeah, oh, mate. Absolutely. Uh, Emma does some dancing. There's a re- a really weird spot. Who engineered this? I've absolutely no idea. But Natalia gets three women in to do a sharpshooter pose. It's not going to work. I know it was never going to work, but then Eva Marie just comes up and just pulls Natalia down. And then the spot's never picked up again. Mm. It's like, why did you even set this up in the first place? What agent said, ah, oh, should not be great. We'll do this and then Eva will get massive heel heat for stopping you doing it.
5: Yeah, usually one person's in the sharpshooter, broken up, person who breaks up the sharpshooter, put in for a double sharpshooter. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was rubbish. It was bad. Uh, Fox does her axe kick of complete death. Like she <laughs> broke Emma's back with that thing. Uh, I've just spotted Layla's there. Someone called Axana.
5: Yes, she was with Antonio Cesaro, I believe.
1: What <laughs> was she? she? Keep going through them. Brimo uh, drop kick. Uh, Bella's do the double dive as you say. One guy he can start, tries to do a, a holy s-word chant. Bellas then sort of turn on each other and Nikki does the rack attack to Brie. I will say this, though. Genuinely good tilt-a-well backbreaker by Alicia Fox. It was tremendous.
5: You're, you're going to love this.
1: That is when
5: Antonio Cesaro <laughs> debuted on the main roster. There he is with Oksana as yeah. a couple. Oh, dearie
1: me. Because they're foreign, I guess. I, probably. Um Natalia uh, Natalia, Tamina drills Natalia with the Samoan drop then she goes up for the splash but that gets stopped, this match somehow is still going they do a Tower of Tomb and then uh, AJ gets in her submission which I believe was called the Black Widow and she wins uh, and um, yeah uh, Ollie is showing me a picture of Cesaro with the United States Championship making out with Aksana I was watching at the time and I don't remember yeah. any of this yeah it was a thing yeah Vicky's unhappy. It was awful. Gives a crap. Absolutely. Dave Meltzer would say, the crowd were totally dead, deflated by Undertaker's loss. AJ put on the Black Widow at Naomi. Here's interesting. The idea of the finish that Lee was to grab Naomi's hand and tap with it, which would set up a rematch on TV. For whatever reason, as she was doing it, Naomi tapped with the other hand. Star (laughs) and a quarter. (laughs) Uh... Uh, lastly um, Vinny V would say they all did some stuff then AJ tapped out Naomi with a Black Widow that's all I had to say at the time I'm not going back to see if I missed anything one star and Wade Keller would say few matches were put in a more difficult position on a wrestling card than this one nobody was able to focus on this one as the buzz in the stadium remained on the shock of The Undertaker's streak no star rating
8: AJ here like the WWE
3: Universe I am enjoying this extravaganza by the way, still to come, WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, and please join me, the host of WrestleMania 30. Come on in,
6: Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. WrestleMania 30 is rocking the Superdome, brother. What are you two doing here? Hey, hey, hey Roddy, Paul, but Paul, Paul.
8: is that you, Paul, or not? No, it's right. Rudolph. <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I just, Stop. Just stop. I came here to give you a compliment as hard as it. You're doing a great job hosting WrestleMania, okay? This is good, all right? And I know talking's not your strong suit, but you're doing okay. But I gotta tell you, I heard
2: you yelping you know, over again about you and Mr. T, how you beat us at WrestleMania. And it, it doesn't bother me because you didn't beat me, but it really makes Oscar grouchy.
8: Takes <laughs> him right
2: off oh, of the nice. What's on
4: the order. Okay, so
8: Hogan. You know, for the last 30 years, all I hear, every day of the week, at least once, they bring up the fact that I lost the match in the first WrestleMania ever. How do you think that makes me feel? You feel horrible. I feel terrible about it. You know what? But you know something? Yeah. If I would have had a partner that would have watched my back Maybe we wouldn't have lost it. Well, you got one now. I watch your bet now. Hey, big guy. Well, wait oh, oh, a, a minute. minute. I New home food start trouble with my man
2: Hulk. You heard me? I paid the food start talking with my man Hulk. Guys, calm down. Calm down. It was thirty years ago? You gotta get hot, guys. They go. You know something?
6: that was thirty years ago, and it's time to bury the hatchet. Orndorff and Piper, be men about it. Come on, be a man, Piper. Bury the hatchet. Oh, Bury Thanks, Mr.
8: Wonderful. Thank you. There's the hatchet. see right. what I mean? Woo. You people oh. out there see what I mean? Oh, okay, My word, that's All right. a WrestleMania right.
4: moment. Uh, Piper! No! Oh, he did it!
1: Cut back to Mean Gene backstage, and he's enjoying the show, and uh, and no one cares because the Undertaker just <laughs> lost the streak. And then we had to watch that Divas match that went on for surprisingly long, considering. Um, and then Hulk Hogan walks in; and he does his, he plays the Hogan best of that.
5: That that got me. That did. Uh, yeah, it was with with Gene dying this year. Yeah, I suppose. And, yeah, and Hogan and Gene together like that. I yeah. Just, yeah, that was.
1: Sad. I forgot about Hogan coming out on Raw to do like the Mean Gene Unity and did like one last promo mm. to, to Mean Gene. God, I forgot all about that. Uh, and then who should walk up but Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hogan's opponents from the very first WrestleMania. And Orndorff is sporting a wonderful mustache. Yeah, learn Robert Rude. He looks awesome. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and then Piper says that. Hogan's doing a good job. He did a good job opening the show. And uh, he said, you know, I'm, I wasn't bothered about losing at WrestleMania because I wasn't the one that lost. Paul Orndorff was, uh, <laughs> was the one that lost the match. Roddy's so <laughs> Roddy Piper is a star in this yeah. segment. He's so great. And, and then Orndorff says that at least once a week, I hear that I was the one that lost the match at WrestleMania. Dave's like, it. I can believe that. Mm. I was like, can you, Dave? Can you really believe that? Um and then Piper starts squaring up to Hogan, but Orndorff blames Piper for the loss. It's like, if I had a partner that was better, then we wouldn't have lost. And then all of a sudden, Mr. T appears out of nowhere. What well, wasn't
5: Roddy started to fire up again? He said, "I'll be in your
1: corner properly this yeah, time,
5: Paul." Exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Mr. T comes out.
1: Pat Patterson walks up in the referee's outfit because he was the referee for the match. Apparently, he was the one that was, he had to be the ref so he could lead Mr. T through what he had to do. God, Pat Patterson, what an absolute legend. And he just shows up and then walks away. And then they just carry on uh, arguing. Like, it was all 30 years ago. Get over it. <laughs> but this is my favorite moment, which is where they decide to bury the hatchet. It's been th- tw- 29, years, 30 years. <laughs> and we need to, shake ha- need to shake hands. And Paul Orndorff is more than happy because he's Mr. Wonderful to shake everyone's hand. But not Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper sells these handshakes like he's passing a bowel movement. And it is legit painful to him to <laughs> shake hands with Mr. D. He's like,
5: la, 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 la. Yeah, he's overselling so, it. It's great. It's very good. I laughed a lot. I, I thought this was a really nice yeah. little segment, having the, the main event of WrestleMania 31, all the participants there like that. WrestleMania 1, not WrestleMania 31. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of next year's Wrestlemania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all there in that bit. And it's, you know, like the 30th time here. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was very good. Much better than the Slam City one.
1: <laughs> yeah, Out of the two... I wouldn't drop the slams. I'll, I'll go with, yeah, I'll go with this one. And then we cut to ringside. We see some legends Bruno, San Martino, Harley Race, Bob Backland, who I think was getting food out of his teeth, <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, Chicken, and Bret Hart, who got a massive pop. Huge pop for Bret Hart.
5: Yeah, I, you wouldn't have known, maybe didn't hear it because <laughs> he didn't seem happy. Or sad, he just had that same
1: expressionless uh, uh, I am, face. I am here. <laughs> Hello, I am Bret Hart. I am at a wrestling show. Which brings us to our main event. It is a triple threat for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It is the champion Randy Orton versus Batista versus Daniel Bryan. And Orton gets a band out to uh, do his entrance music. It's not just music in his head.
5: They're right there. They're right Everyone there. else can hear these guys, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Everyone should be, I can't. I don't know what you're talking Dude, about. I can't Randy. hear those voices, mate. Um, yeah, band seemed into it. They seemed to be having a good time. Nice long entrance for Randy. You get to know the whole song. And he I do think. is
5: th- the, the undisputed champion? He's the world heavyweight. W- no, he's w- the world heavyweight champion. Yes, the
1: w- w- WWE. Right. WWE. He- not the world heavyweight champion. He's the WWE world heavyweight champion because they merged the two belts together. And then I believe they did a fan poll because the power was in the fans hands in 2014 mm. uh, which is different than how it is now in 2018 when they said they put the f- power in our hands and the fans voted for it to be called the wwe world heavyweight championship sometimes i want wwe to make a decision
5: <laughs> sometimes democracy
1: isn't best well in fairness they do change it later down yeah. when they just split the belts off again they do just call it the the wwe championship i hate i hated it when you you had a, a
5: one title it's one effectively one championship you can win but this championship has is manifest in two belts yeah i just oh, i hate it i didn't
1: like it when jericho had it with the undisputed championship i don't really like it here either
5: it made sense when it was the undisputed because you had the WCW and WWE
1: well hey it's the same deal you had the yeah. world heavyweight title there were yeah. two separate t- uh, world titles apart from one of them was always the opening match on a card yeah um, and yet, this is the era of Bautista. Mm. He didn't even look like Batista. He came out. I was like, "That's not Batista." And, like green little booties <laughs> green on. Green boots on.
5: <laughs> I I feel for Batista. I love Batista. Me I think too. He's an uh, an excellent human being from from interviews and stuff I've read. I think he's an excellent character actor he's done it the right way he went in and worked his way up through just graft and being talented yeah uh to to reach the pinnacle in two different areas although they're kind of related wrestling and acting i i think is is very rare and he's done it in in a more what's the word because it's not the rock john cena way it's it's a more it's a it's a more technically
1: proficient way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would say Batista is a character actor. Yeah, but I, I mean, Batista has been quite open that he wouldn't make the movies that The yes. Rock does because The Rock just the, the Rock plays The Rock in every movie The Rock does. He is The Rock. He may he may do some slight differences, but at the end of the day, he is The Rock. Whereas Batista will take on roles where he can actually do some acting and like challenge himself and do something different with each Drax, very different to uh, Mr. Tingle or whatever his name was from Spectre. <laughs> what was his name? Hinks. Hinks, that I was it. Yeah.
5: I did, but I And I always go to Blade Runner 2049 where he's this old dude with glasses. Yeah. I'm like, is that Batista? <laughs> he's just got glasses on. Whereas I knew Drax was
1: Batista, yeah. but he had all loads of body paint on. I just, yeah, he's a great. He's a genuinely very good actor very very good um, and there was a point when Batista made his entrance so Randy Orton comes out first and then Batista comes out and I just thought to myself can you imagine if this was the main event I of know the I show the same like thing. following that following that Undertaker oh. moment following that Divas match and then this was your main event made a
5: very different reaction to this show yeah I wonder if the WWE network would have suffered because of it yeah
1: no well, I mean probably yeah, just a really to, to, good to launch it. yeah but thankfully, Daniel Bryan does come out. Um, although, I've got to say here, did you see Batista he tripped getting into the ring? Again? Again. Yeah, that's no. what I thought. He gets in and his foot gets caught on the ropes. So I was like, how, is it a WrestleMania thing? That he Maybe can't it's just, rust. Yeah. Ring rust. It's every five years. He just can't get <laughs> into the ring. Uh, Bryan is selling the arm huge by only doing one-armed yes chance. That's how it, that's how bad his arm is hurting. So
5: uh, this, this is, of course, the second time Bryan's come out. Yeah. And Meltzer said something interesting on... a recent Wrestling Observer Radio, when he was talking about AJ wrestling twice on Raw. Yeah. And how you never, ever get a bigger reaction the second time in a night that the wrestler comes out or a star comes out. And I thought to myself when he said that, no, no, because Daniel Bryan's entrance at WrestleMania 30 was definitely bigger because everyone was excited for the main event. When I watched it after hearing that, it's not.
1: It is it's not, like it's, not it's half the, the level. Yeah, it's not as loud the second time. Yeah. It, and I would say it takes them takes the crowd about 5 minutes to really yes, yes this match up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's finally the Undertaker shock wearing off and people sort of realizing oh crap it's the main event this is this is what we all wanted to see we all wanted to see Brian win we now need to we need to get get ourselves into mm. gear here. Um it's a bit like actually Becky this year. I think the, the crowd was very worn down after that sort of middle point of WrestleMania 35, that, like, it took me a little while to get into the Becky Lynch match, yeah. being like, right, this is it, it's the main event. It was seven hours in. Like, we need to crack on now. Uh, they put over the WWE Network before the match. What what value I've had for the mm-hmm. WWE Network. Only I mean, $9.99. Can you remember how much they drilled that in? Mm-hmm. It's it's like Netflix, but cheaper.
5: Yeah, they got it over as a sort of chance. Yeah. It's very clever the way they did it.
1: Um. I love how Brian does his like running kick straight to Orton right at the start yeah. of this. It's great because Orton's so, so. I think Orton's fantastic in this match. I think he's absolutely hmm. brilliant. I really like him. I think his selling of everything that he does in this is brilliant. Yeah, but Brian takes out Orton and then just goes straight for Batista. And I thought, yes, this is
5: good strategy, but the injury does get the better of him. Yeah, and then and then it's Orton and Batista going one on one a lot, really. And that's when I've put, geez, if this was the main event
1: because the crowd. <laughs> Because the crowd aren't into it. Absolutely. They are only into Brian. Yeah, they die a death when it's just Orton and Batista and only cheer when it's Brian getting back in. And it's not like Batista and Orton get much heel
5: heat either. They're not even really over his heels. Triple H is when he comes in later. But yeah, but Orton and Batista are not over in a, a face or heel way or a tweener way the the main event of WrestleMania should be. This is a
1: one match react what a one guy reaction. Absolutely, yeah. And they do the yes kicks to both men, uh, giving the final kick to Batista. But then Orton catches him and suplexes him overhead. But Brian does his running drop kicks and he gets a like he he really does. The crowd pops when he gets in the ring and then just goes silent when mm. he's not. And that happens a lot. Brian's taken out of this match many times over, and it just reminds me of Mania Thirty Four brian's big return match yeah and he spends 90 percent of it out of out of the match and yeah, but shane he didn't even does all get the, the start is it Yeah, Sh- yeah that's a good point yeah shane does all the work baby face shane best dresser in the world yep absolutely um yeah, what do we want to jump to? Oh, I, okay, here's where the I think this is where the match really picks up, which is when Steph and Triple H come out. Mm. Triple H looks like a proper dick. I love it. He's got the big WWE trainer jacket on. He's got a little towel yeah. underneath as well because he's he's showered after his hard match. <laughs> he looks he looks ludicrous, but it's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah, it's Brian has Batista in the Yes Lock. And although
5: it's not like obviously not the end of the match, it's more like the midpoint. Triple H and Stephanie come out and they they pull the referee out and the referee is replaced
1: with Scott Armstrong. The crooked ref, Ooh. Scott Armstrong. Cole is livid.
5: So this is... Do you remember the cadence? Yes. But I didn't know what cadence was <laughs> until... They did the whole cadence thing, where they like the cadence of the count was off, and I think yeah. that's they took the title off someone. Probably Brian. Yeah, probably Brian. I uh, I never liked Scott Armstrong as an official. No, no, I don't like the way he counted. One, <laughs> two, I found him very pedestrian as a referee. Hmm. Whereas, like Rudy Charles, I feel like he's visually reacting to stuff happening. I yeah, think. and uh, and, and Drake Drake Younger as well. Yeah, in NXT. Roberts.
1: Chris Roberts. Yeah,
5: uh, I yeah he's. Hello, Chris. He's Rogers. there a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Be yeah, the Batista bomb, and Scott Armstrong's in the ring. Brian kicks out, and Triple H just starts shouting at Armstrong for not counting fast enough. Mm-hmm. So good. And Lawler, clearly not up on the storylines, is just like, well, he's a referee. He's got to do his job. And JBL's going, he's the authority's referee. He's allowed to <laughs> cheat. Crowd explodes with yes chants, and Cole just starts calling all. Oh, what the authority doing is pathetic. This Cole is so different to Daniel Bryan than 2011 Michael Cole in Elimination Chamber. Worlds of difference. It's it's really weird to see because we've watched those quite recently Mm. as well. Um, Bryan does a dive outside and he takes out the authority, he takes out Scott Armstrong, Armstrong, Triple H, and even Stephanie McMahon. She falls to the ground. But Triple H is right back up because oh, yeah. he takes dives all the time, referees. That, that's a death sentence. Well, absolutely. Well, also, he was protected by the towel. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was a mu- it was a nice cushiony blow. Uh, he grabs the sledgehammer and the crowd... And that's the thing. Sledgehammer, very goofy weapon. But it's been so well protected mm. over the years that it does get a reaction. And all Triple H has to do is just hold it up and the crowd know that something big is going to happen yeah. now. And I think this is great because Brian gets the hammer and he hits Triple H with it. What wonderful... The company do such a good job of putting Brian over on this night. Mm. And the heels in Stephanie and Triple H, getting Triple H in particular, getting his comeuppance of being an absolute horrible bastard to Daniel Bryan for these past few months finally getting his comeuppance, and it's all at the hands of Daniel Bryan. It's not slip on a banana peel or anything like that. This is Triple H being shown up mm. by the babyface wrestler. I think Triple H is... I think it was wonderful.
5: Yeah, uh, and and then, like, when Triple H is taken out, Steph, Triple H, Scott Armstrong, they're all walked to the back by a uh, man. a man, <laughs> Dr. Chris, a man. <laughs> it is. Z-packs. I've got z for Z-packs. everyone. And uh, I, I've just written down here... I am sports entertained.
1: Oh, yeah. I Absolutely am thoroughly sports entertained. I loved it. Particularly as well because they do the uh, the sledgehammer spot and then there's a roll-up moment and the crowd go, oh, it's the finish. Yeah. And they all jump to their feet. And there's still like another 10 minutes left of this. But it really, like, I think they pitched this perfectly to so mm. feel like it's an end point. But it's actually just getting into its third act. But with Triple
5: H taken out, Orton and Batista are like, you know what, we've been fighting at the start. Now we've got to do what's good for the company and the old Evolution brotherhood beat up Brian so, so they, they team, up. team up on him and they they start to beat him up loads and then there's a point where Brian's laid out outside and they stare off at each other but they're not looking at each other they're kind of looking off they never visually confirm it and I'm like are they going to fight but then no they go it's just like an unspoken evolution bond they start independently never like never discussed it start preparing the announcers tables Randy Orton gets over some steel steps Batista gets Brian up on an announcers table, does well I say a Batista bomb. He doesn't do the sit-down thing, mm. but he just gives him a power bomb, and in that power bomb, Randy jumps off the steel steps and hits, I guess, a reverse RKO yeah. on Brian through
1: the announce table. What a what a visual. It's great so, spot. It's absolutely awesome, but poor old Randy Orton, because they did their best to and this was the old TV monitors as well, where they were big chunky monitors. And Orton lands right on top of one of them as he lands on the RKO. He's done
5: that before, actually.
1: Yeah. I feel like he always gets his back cut up on these spots. Uh, it must have absolutely sucked, because you're just landing flat on that, like in the small of your back. Mm. Oh, it must have really hurt. King, clearly not up on things. Like, they're doing this to impress the authority. It's like, no, they're doing this <laughs> to take Daniel Bryan out of the match, you goober. They're part of the authority, <laughs> really. Um Yeah, and then, like, yeah, they just absolutely... I love that. No communication. But uh, the only thing I would say about this, there were some loud chants for CM Punk uh, during this moment. But this is, you know, this was a moment when it was sort of fresh thing to do. He's only been gone three months. Um, So then they get back into the ring, and this is... And Cole says, this was the WrestleMania match we were supposed to get. And I'm like, good lord, I'm glad we Mm. didn't. And the crowd burst into Daniel Bryan chants. I think this is absolutely inspired stuff doing this. Because then you just get Orton and Batista having a one-on-one match. And the crowd are just chanting for Daniel Bryan to get back up. Come on, man. Come yeah. on, you can do it. And the medical staff come down. A man's got no Z-packs to give him, but he's going to get him on the board anyway and drag him back up. And the crowd are booing. No, come on, Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden, you can see Bryan. No, no. And he fights off and he pushes Chris a man. No, I do want your Z-packs. And he unpacks himself from the, the board and he gets back into the ring. It's it's brilliant sports entertainment.
5: Yeah, I and like New Japan can't touch this level of sports entertainment. <laughs> no. I know it's it, different things, but this is this is great booking. Yeah, uh, but I in my head, weirdly, I thought they him, in, in my memory. I thought they wheeled him back all the way stage. to the back. Yeah, I thought that as well. Um, but it's so smart to keep him out there because if you take him out, you are left with Batista <laughs> and Orton in the ring. And then the crowd would have just turned on it. Yeah. But keeping Brian so close to ringside, he doesn't even start going up the ramp. Yeah. He's still in the
1: ringside area. Everyone can still see him and just chant away. Yeah, yeah. really good booking. And Orton, as soon as he sees Brian up, because Brian, like Brian's crawling, he can't even stand up. Orton just like, tosses him into the stairs. Really, really good spot. And uh, drills him into the steps. And then uh, Orton essentially basks in the Daniel Bryan chants. Like he cups his ear. He wants to hear them all because he's about to kill your hero. And he gets down and he starts slamming the mat. Sets up for the RKO. Daniel Bryan gets him into the yes lock and the crowd explodes. Batista breaks it up. Boo. Then Bryan gets him in the yes lock. Hooray! Mm. Tap, tap, tap. Orton stops that. Boo! Bryan, Bryan. Daniel Bryan chants everywhere. Batista blocks an RKO. He tries to spear Orton but runs head first into Daniel Bryan and just wipes him out out of the ring
5: yeah it wasn't a spear was it it was a, he- a running it was low headbutt
1: <laughs> yeah did <laughs> the pounce and then and this is a great moment as well because mm. everyone bought this as the finish Brian gets bounced out of the ring Batista turns round into an RKO the crowd you can hear this breath intake of intake of everyone going like <gasps> <gasps> yeah until Batista kicks out and everyone just breathes their sigh of relief be like oh, thank god
5: yeah, it's, it's not a proper pop it's a oh god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but then Orton sets up for the punt yeah. and in a great piece of camera work kind of like how when we did WrestleMania 20 you don't see Shawn Michaels super kick out the uh the sharpshooter yeah. isn't it and on on Chris Benoit until very late uh Orton goes for the punt and Brian just runs into shot or with a knee yeah. from out of nowhere
4: yeah.
1: on Orton absolutely although Lawler once again Not really up on what's going on. Orton goes to do his punt. And a lot of says, is he going to that place? I'm like, mate, you say that when he's going to do the RKO. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Know your spots. But yeah, he hits the running knee on Randy Orton. uh, But Batista gets up and tries to steal the pin like a little prick. That's great. Batista bomb, running knee to Batista, gets him in the yes lock. Michael Cole, I realized on this show, has got this thing as well. And you can see him doing it later on, where he pushes the microphone closer to his mouth to make a really, really sound. So it was like tap tap Batista, tap tap Batista, tap out, Batista, rather than making it sound like this. Where so you get like this more sort of like echoey, closer, more intense sound. Huh. I don't know why he did it because it sounds goofy because it doesn't yeah. sound like the rest of commentary. Um, and then yeah, Batista taps out. Tap. He he taps out, and the crowd explodes. Mm. This is, I love this. And my first note is like. This was the moment we wanted for Becky. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. This is the moment we all wanted Becky to have. Two other people that the company wanted, but we got our guy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: good point fireworks go off as Brian celebrates what an absolute moment there's so much confetti you can barely see the mm. ring and he gets up onto the announcer's table and he's got both belts above his head shoulders fine now and he's doing the big old yes chance. it's chant. the adrenaline it's the, It's such a great visual and he points to the Connors uh, the Connors cure yeah, kid oh it choked kind of me up a it. little bit they showed Connor I was like I can feel myself welling up Mm. just before we went to go see Endgame as well so I was already like emotionally damaged Um, and JBL says like JBL who's been anti Daniel Bryan this whole night he's just like I was proven wrong I guess I guess I do believe in miracles oh (sighs) oh, that was a really great call Bryan's in tears they milk this moment for just the right amount of time I, I thought it was wonderful yeah
5: is it his sister and niece I Believe you get so, in
1: yeah. the ring? I think so, yeah. There's no Brie at this point. No, I don't think I she guess. was... Like, she wanted to go out, apparently. I think Daniel yeah. Bryan writes about this in this book, but they wouldn't let her go out uh. because they weren't on screen, like, you know, associated. Yeah. So they wouldn't let her go down. Um, but yeah, an absolutely
5: all-time great, amazing moment. Yeah. And Lawler says, yes, Almania <laughs> again. Like the eighth time in the night,
1: Dave Meltzer would say they did the big confetti celebration with Brian in the ring as the new champion. As the crowd, uh, well, all right. So Dave is very salty in this. I've got to, I've got is to he? say. Okay, um, as the crowd, at least in the lower section of the arena, was going crazy. I was told it wasn't seventy thousand people chanting yes, as in the upper deck. Certainly looks
4: like
5: it.
1: As in the upper deck, it wasn't as big as a moment as you'd think. Mm. Uh, but it was still an awesome spectacle and the right thing to do on the right date for the next chapter of this story. Four and a half stars from Dave Meltzer. Huh.
5: Yeah, I don't think it was as good as the Triple H match. I thought the
1: Triple H match was better as well. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, Vinny we would say this one got off a bit slow but I think by the end it uh, was even better than the Hunter match in fact I think there's a good <laughs> chance that if you made a list of the 10 greatest Wrestlemania matches Brian would be there twice for this one show at the time I was so blown away slash relieved by the final result of these matches that I didn't really appreciate how great Brian has been in the process really between the opening promo, Brian's matches takers loss and the Wyatt Cena match which a lot of people liked more than me you could make a strong argument that this was the best Wrestlemania ever four and a half stars from Vinnie V. Wade Keller would also say and round up very good main event. Normally I'm not in for all the histrionics and the interference in a match, but in this case given what happened earlier in the show, including a straight up one-on-one match with Brian versus Hunter and then the solemn and clunky Undertaker versus Brock match, this felt like it struck the right tone to end the show. Having Brian standing tall at the end was symbolic of what the WWE universe hoped they'd see. The crowd enthusiasm was amazing for Brian, even after over four hours of exhausting oh, emotional happenings just oh wait if you only knew mate so there it is wrestlemania 30 it's in the books what do you think of the show so weirdly
5: usually i uh i i think shows i have an opinion of shows before i go in and then i watch them and they're better than i remember there's there's things i like more uh but this this one i went back to very favorably, mm-hmm. and, you know, enormously fond memories of this. Um, but it's hard to separate all the ways WWE screwed up afterwards and started screwing up in this pay-per-view. And I'm looking through the the, the segments. Opening segment, home run. First Daniel Bryan match with Triple H, brilliant. Then we've got the Shield squash match. Meh, I don't really rate that at all Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Meh, don't really rate that at all And Cesaro mm-hmm. Was botched afterwards So I'm being quite down on this John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, the wrong person won Like, sort of Undermining the rest of the match Then you've got Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar That was rubbish And then you've got The Divas Invitational yeah. Which was rubbish And then you've got the main event which was extremely good. Yeah. So actually, WrestleMania 30 is a two-match, one... It's a one-guy, two-match, one-segment show. Yeah.
1: But those are very <laughs> good. Like, those three things are are very good. And I, I, I enjoyed the Shield match for what it was. I enjoyed Cesaro slamming Big Show. I thought it was quite a cool little spectacle. Um... Yeah, I, I didn't like the Wyatt Cena match. I, I like the story of it, mm, yeah, but I don't think it worked particularly well in execution.
5: Well, the story doesn't work, and with that finish, so no, absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah the finish really does sound me on it. The Brock Taker match is what it is, uh, and the Divas match is very bad. But I, and I love this ending, so I think it's good. I don't know if it holds up in my estimations. Mm. I actually think WrestleMania Thirty One, which is the, I think, is a much better show. Yeah. Although, even though I really hated that Sting Triple H match. Uh, oh, I actually, I do like the thing, Triple H I, lo- I if you watch it without the commentary, it's wonderful. I think the commentary really holds it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, you're right in terms of like this feels like it's a really big deal, and it feels like it's going to be the start of something huge. But unfortunately, a lot of it's not followed up on. Um, I was just going through the shows to kind of sort of see what would happen, you know, coming up very soon in the next uh, show. Uh, Cesaro is in a triple threat match he's now aligned with Paul Heyman that he wins but the following uh, month he loses um, to Sheamus for the United States Championship mm. like, and it's, uh, it's a match that doesn't go very long and by that point it's um, Daniel Bryan's not champion anymore because of the concussions that he suffered on house shows he faced Kane on the next pay-per-view that was his one title defense that he really had on pay-per-view and then two months later John Cena's champion again and it, like, when John Cena's champion again I was like alright cool, course so we're back at square one then yeah. Like all of that Daniel Bryan stuff, and what did we ended up, and what did we end up with? it's John Cena's champion again. And for, yeah, and I think with the power of hindsight, this should feel like it's the big new start. But really, it wasn't.
5: Just like WrestleMania 20, it all yeah. begins
1: again. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and then we mean next year. We mean next year, it's going to start all over again because that's where John Cena wins. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I will say, I did enjoy the show.
5: I enjoyed the Daniel Bryan matches mm-hmm. yeah, and the yeah. opening segment <laughs> yeah
1: yeah okay <laughs> well that is what we've got time for on this review thank you so so much for joining us thank you so so much for being one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon sorry this is a little bit late but we did get it out in the month it was supposed to go out so that's better than last Good month for us yay uh, thank you for joining us we'll be back for May um, not sure what we're going to get in May oh, come on back Oh, that's more April. That's an April show. I think we're out of Backlash season now. Mm. So the choice is yours, really. We're in that post-WrestleMania lull. So, hey, maybe it won't be a WWF show. Maybe it'll be something different. But uh, I guess we'll find out. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.